WCRS FM, local community radio of Columbus, Ohio, 92.7 or 98.3, if you're inside 270. We have been disrupting the airwaves and trying to lead some sort of a revolution of the working class for that long. Um, it's, there's been a few snafus along the way. Um, we're still putting the plan together, but thank you for showing up to this official planning meeting. Uh, we are taking your calls tonight. All night long, uh, you can reach us, reach us at 614-412-5252 and uh, tell us, you know, stories about work, uh, getting recruited by the military, small business tyrants, whatever it may be. Uh, that's how you reach us. I think that covers everything, right? Oh, I hate it when he says, uh, I hate it when he says, I like it when she calls me Big Daddy. Like, that part bothers me a little bit of that song, but I'm just like, ah, Hank Williams is old school. <laughs> Come on, Hank. What what the heck is your deal, buddy? Oh, there's nothing wrong. If it's, in a, if it's an agreement in the relationship that he's the big daddy, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a... I don't like... My daughter's running around singing that song all the time because she loves that little Hank Williams boy, Mason Ramsey. She can't stop talking the about it. Kid that sang this song in the the... Isles of a Walmart? Yeah, she loves him. She just, she did a whole project on him at the end of school. He's like her thing, man. Do they do like meme, know your meme? Is that their thesis at school now? No. Well, they had to do a project that like paraded all of their projects. I don't know why we're talking about it now. Everybody knows that on Father's Day, the two anarchy dads are taking the night off. And they know that when the two anarchy dads take the night off, that means that the anarchy daughter comes in. So... You'll get to hear probably about Mason Ramsey this this time next week, right? Sure. Seems likely. Gwen's going to be in the house. We're going to have a Gwen show soon. I know everybody loves those. They love to call in. They love to participate. But they also love it when Gwen's on the show. Uh, we also have in the studio with us today uh, Joshua. You know, username Joshua on Twitter. He's just Josh to me. Just they, Joshin'. Just He's Josh's around. <laughs> hey, Street Fighters. Thanks for being here. Um, 
I uh, went to a racist uh, family event today. Ooh, fun. Best I kind mean, of family event. But they're all family. All family events are racist if they're in the country. Right. It's just, you know, it you wasn't open air. You can just <laughs> let those things fly. They have more room to breathe, right? Yeah. Can I just say this, though? No N-words. There were no N-words. That's an but improvement. It's just like, what it? I'm going to sound really like, like, uh, it, like, what is the word? Like, secluded from regular people when I say this right now. And I fully realize that. I do an anarchist podcast. I spend my time in leftist spaces on the internet and all that stuff. I, I just, I'm trying to figure out, like, why I need to know the race and gender of everybody involved in every story. <laughs> Oh yeah, I have. Um, it's I, not for diversity's sake either, because I'll talk. I'll say this: just a quick thing behind the scenes. I'm really trying with the third shows to make sure I have women on there and people of color, and and that's fine. I don't go on the air and say, "Oh, this run, I have two women and two people of color." Sure. But I think it because I'm trying to count it out. You know what I right. mean? But it's not something that I'm like sitting here. It's not something that I'm like. I don't. I don't start the show by saying like, if you'll notice, I have a woman on this week. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like being a minority counter of any kind. It doesn't feel comfortable. Comfortable to me. Well, when when or, the third show first started, that was what I was fucking like concerned with. It was like people were like, you know, maybe not all white dudes, and I was like, but I don't want to like be counting people, but I do want to get different. But like, my job is to get. Or, you know, I don't consider it, like, my job to get different voices out into the world. I consider it my job to get my voice out in the world and Brett's jobs to get our voice, to get Brett's out. That's the only two voices I give a real total shit about, you know? But, like, I do want to get other voices out there. And it just cracks me up that, like, so they were telling me. My family, I mean, my family and, yeah, I mean. I'm not. I'm, I guess I shouldn't say. Just uh, people I'm related to do this too. Yeah. Every so, <laughs> every person they tell you their race. Somebody asked me if I've been to Louisville, and I said yes. We did a show there, and I said I liked it there. I got very good vibes off of that city because, like, you know, we got there. We've told the story a bunch of times. We had sold nine tickets, but then like 50 people showed up. It just it felt real good. It was one of those like, hey guys, we're doing the right thing. We're doing a good show. People like this. We went to like what would be considered like a smaller city and we drew and it made us feel really great about that whole thing. And then uh, so I have good feelings about Louisville. Dude asked me if he's been if I've been to Louisville and I'm like, yeah, I've been there. I really liked it. And he was like, oh, I love it there. Beautiful city. I mean, they got a hard rock there. They got a, I, but I believe they have a Guy Fieri restaurant wow, there. Wow. He's like, wow. they just, that downtown, you know, they got a Duluth trading company downtown. Ooh, interesting. And that's four things. Still no mention of Muhammad Ali. A speakeasy. They have a speakeasy oh, down there. Oh, a real there. one. Yeah. A like, real down home do southern a, style speakeasy. Well, that's why I kept telling them, I'm like, guy, there's a speakeasy. Do they have a Chipotle? <laughs> they probably do. I don't know. We ate pizza there. And, but we they were have like, pizza there? They have pizza. Yeah. You can get, oh, all, pizza. You can get pizza there. In Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Well, then he's like, they got darn near everything. <laughs> but the part that blew me away about the story wasn't because I know that people take trips. Yeah. And, like they don't go have, to a hard rock. Right. Well, you and they don't Jimmy have Jimi Hendrix pants. Well, but they don't have the same privilege. Me and you have an insane privilege that can roll into any city and be like somebody show us all the cool stuff. You know what I mean? Sure. Like that's 
we can do that and we we're just we know how to find the cool stuff because that's been our the only thing we've done in our that's our only marketable skill I put all my eggs in that basket <laughs> yeah. both of us basically from the time we were 10 years old have been trying to figure out how to be cool <laughs> so it was like but he's like so y'all i went to this place how at the moon saloon y'all ever heard of that and i'm like yeah there used to be one in downtown columbus now for the listeners that don't know they have like a, a, a band on stage generally two pianos and maybe some drums and some other stuff right there right but they, it's dueling pianos yeah dueling right. pianos they sing body songs sometimes sometimes they'll sing a song you ain't supposed to hear on piano like this this song's not on piano this is that to the window to the wall till the sweat drips off my balls song classic yeah what the heck what the hell the uh, you know they'll sing all these songs and he looks at me this guy looks at me and he's like this band up on stage black girl black man white man they're good they're so good just so talented i couldn't believe it and he's like brian i'm telling you a black girl a black man and a white man and it's harmony and i was just like standing there United like colors of benetton which they also have in louisville <laughs> kentucky i was like that's i mean cool that you enjoyed yourself or whatever but like what is i all this is my thought okay they didn't just go ahead sorry this is my thought they didn't go up and do like young thug songs and he sure. was like black people know other music <laughs> yeah they he's he really knows that billy joel song i think <laughs> He, a, he identifies with him as a piano man. <laughs> and I was just like, it was so weird. And then somebody else told me another story. They were telling me about their boss. And they had to tell me at the very beginning of the story. I had, you know, I worked at this place and I was a man. I was like, not the full manager, the guy above me, black guy. He was the real manager. And I was like, why does that fucking matter? Like, what is the part? You're telling me parts like I, when people in my life tell me stories now, there are times where I'm like, there's so much stuff you could omit from this story. But at the very least, they don't decide to tell me the races and genders of all the people in the stories, which I find to be a really... I don't know why I'm uncomfortable with it and why it's weird, but it's just fucking strange, man. It is. It always, it's always someone stepping in it, too. Yeah. This is what I've said. I mean, whenever the family stuff comes up is that you really just want to go over there and just have some some bland food and sit around and watch TV together and make a memory or play a board game and leave. And they just want to be like, what do you think about all these women speaking up? This Me Too bull crap. And it's like, come on, guy. I don't want to yell today. You know? Yeah. They bring, and, and then when it is comes to race, like, many times where they're like, who's black guy? And I don't. I'm not saying that to mean anything. Then you, you are saying that to mean but something. But then they also say, but you know how they can be other ways. Like, this guy wasn't like that, <laughs> even though he was black. It's, like, it's always some bullshit like that. You know how they can be other ways. Yeah, it was, it was just, I was just sitting there like, I I don't know, man. How, how do I respond to this? But, you know, I made it through. What'd you say? You just... Listen to a story. Just listen to the story about the black woman and the black guy and the white guy playing pianos. They switched instruments. They played, you know, okay, a couple of Usher songs and a couple of Billy Joel songs, and everybody just had a good time. You know, yeah. My conser- I just my felt- conservative relatives will also go out of their way to tell me if they like the minority because I call them racist all the time, and they That's- know that I think they're fucking racist. <laughs> so they will go out of their way to prove that, like, they you know. 
You are like that, though. You do. You do like you love telling I, your I love parents to, they're racist. That's your thing. You I don't know? mind explaining the nuances of how the racism works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, mom, you may believe in the police, but Black Lives Matter is stands for something. And you're putting you're you're stepping over. You're ignoring the issue you know, to make it about something else. And that's exactly what people did back in the day to muddy all the issues when, you know, Martin Luther King. Because you got to go back. That's the only thing they know about racism, too, is Martin Luther King. Yeah, he ended it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he signed the contract. He that, signed the contract to, to end racism. racist society. Yeah, just very, like... I don't. I don't. Yeah, ever. I mean, it's a. I mean, it's like uh, wrestling a greased pig, man. Uh, it's it's not. It's going to be ugly. Yeah, I don't fight. I mean, I I, I could have, I guess, gone for it, but it was just one of those things. Like one of the weirder, one of the other really like strange things that happened was uh was that like my father in law wanted to tell me how he probably doesn't agree with any of my politics. Right? Sure. You got to figure out a way to get that conversation started. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me bring up oh, oh Kaepernick or something. Yeah, so I said, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I I firmly believe that anybody in that sort of position that he's in, and I know him, blue collar guy, worked blue collar jobs all his life, and I know that if he listened to our show, he would buy what we're selling. You know what I mean? He would buy into I mean, I just I can't imagine somebody listening to this show and then coming out of it and still being like racist or yeah. Trump or just because it's like somebody like that. Cause the guy really do think that like people haven't really talked to that guy ever about like communism or, or like socialism or like Marxist shit or like anarchy or nobody's ever talked to him and asked him what his job is like, what it's like to work. Nobody's ever articulated like why you're getting fucked out there, you know, yeah. in a way that maybe to him didn't sound like, uh, in a way to him that didn't sound, um, uh, what's the word demeaning? like demeaning, but I, I'm not the guy to do that either. You know what I mean? Like I'm not the guy to do that in person. If he wants to get on the radio and, and, and listen to it, I would, I would love, I, I think he would agree with us. I really do. Like yeah. you talk about, I mean, you, you, you talk about your, you've, you've brought up your dad like three or four times. Like he can't breathe now because of his job and stuff like that. And we're just saying he should be taken care of that. He did work hard and he deserves to be taken care of for the rest of his life because he laid all them goddamn bricks down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. His, his back is fucking broken. Literally. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We're not yelling at those people. We never do. It's that's not who we are as like I it, the way that I the way I think about it. Like, I don't think that's who we are. Yeah. And like, uh, I mean, obviously, like, he's not going to like what we have to say about Donald Trump. And he might not like some of the anti-racist stuff. But I've talked to this guy in my life and I've had him admit that like black people face oppression and racism. It's just once you get away from all of it, man, it. It, it seems like it all seeps right out of the other ear and they just add more Glenn Beck to it or, or more, more American history, you yeah. know, written by rich white men, men, particularly not even women. They, yeah, I'd love to see them read a book by a woman. I would, that would, that would blow my mind, man. <laughs> you ever like, Oh, I know <laughs> you go looking through some of these people's bookshelves and you're just like, can go read something. Bill O'Reilly puts out a book every single year, so I mean, those add up fast. That you you build up your library quick. He, yeah, uh, he killed Lincoln. I think he killed Kennedy. I forget. 
Uh, yeah. he, those are all his books, right? They're like yeah. He reads a lot of like um, he loves. I was talking to my wife about this. He loves history, but like the kind of history he likes is a super narrow view of it. Sure, that is just. I call it the like the Avengers view of history now, where it's like there was all these like really big brained white guys that figured out this really great thing, and now we have it, and it's great, and people yeah. are doing, and like you know, women and minorities are fucking everything up. Like that's his view, and leftist. You know, there's all these leftist like problems and shit. Atheists, atheists. Yeah. Well, yeah. He made a point to tell me he believes in God today. I think he wanted that fight. Tight. And I felt like that was kind of weird because, like, I've never been a guy that yelled at him about, like, Jesus or anything like that. Sure. I might have made jokes, like, years ago. But, like, uh, I'm not even that guy anymore. Like, I don't, I, good, fucking love Jesus all you want, man. He's like, I got a Bible next to my bed and uh, I read it sometimes. And I was like, great. Maybe try reading another book. <laughs> Every time somebody tells me they read the Bible a lot, I'm like, maybe try reading another pick book. Pick up Just... something else, even. Maybe. Is there any other books you're interested in? Yeah. You can actually go to a place where they'll read that book to you. So in your private time, you can read something else. Well, that's a new thing. I, I will say that, like, a new thing in this world. Reading. No, is that, like, church, the churches are suffering now because every single Christian has a different idea of what Christianity is. And when they go to the church in the second the preacher says something they don't like. They're like, this guy, this is a liberal or this is a conservative. And they just run out of the church and they're done with it. Right. And that's why I don't think church, I don't think less people believe in God as much as I think a lot more people believe in God but can't find a church because they hate human beings so much. There is a whole bunch of different churches, though. Like every flavor of church is out. I know, but Snake Church. Remember when we tried to go to yeah, Snake Church? Could, yeah, that's a closed society church. Yeah, we found out. We tried to go to Snake Church. Brett and I were like, let's yeah, go to fucking can't Snake just... Church. And somebody yeah, told us there's one on service. South High. And we were like, we'll go to, tomorrow, this Sunday. Brett and I are going to Snake Church. And then we found out you have to like get invited and all this stuff. It's like, fuck, man, really? I probably could have turned Christian at that point. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Swing a snake over my head. Yeah. I'll turn Christian if a snake bite. Because I watch this guy every now and then. I watch this guy that get bit by a black mamba. Like, every now and then, I'll just... There's this video of a guy that's like, I love to get bit by snakes, man. It builds my antibodies. And then he's got another hype man in the room behind him that's like, this fucking guy is the... He's tough. This guy's the stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And I get so excited. I showed it to my daughter the other night. I was like, let's watch that dude get bit by that snake. And uh, she's like, this is what you watch on videos. I love that line of thought. Like, I'm going to let this snake bite me, and then I won't get the flu later. No, he means, like, if another black mamba bites him, though, he ain't going to get sick. It ain't going to kill him. And that's what he's saying. He's like, this black mamba can bite me. But does he go on any jungle adventures where there might be a black mamba? No, but I think he works with snakes. Yeah, And he's he's got a bunch of snakes in a room, and he's... Those guys are always trying to pickle themselves though or like preserve their bodies like the one guy that i watched on that vice show he was like studying under this dude that made it to like 80 or 90s years old on snake venom was some carny dude Ooh, yeah well i you know i've said this on the show i i would like love to uh get bit like be one of those guys that gets bit by snakes (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't I mean, know why it was like dose properly. You mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I mean, I love to get high, dude. You know, and and 
and like you know, I've never been that kind of high. I've been like all sorts of different You've kinds never of been high, like uh, shaking on the floor, eyes bulging out of your head, tongue fucking <laughs> flailing around high. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly it. You never been high in your whole nervous system. <laughs> That's the kind of high I want to be. I want to try it sometimes, but yeah, I I uh, I love snake bite guys, man. That's yeah, brave. I think it's that's brave. so brave. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a it's a branch of science that you know people need to be they need to be, have a college class for it, maybe so that you could have tried it in college. That they should have let me. Yeah, they could have given you like a minimal the, bite, like a little fucking gardener snake. You know they got all the snakes there doing research and poking yeah. at them and shit like that. Just let me walk Shoving in there and get a bite. shampoo down their throats. He was like, I don't, they were like, wipe the blood off there. And he's like, I don't wipe the blood off. The guy's just standing there. And then, like, he's talking to him. Oh, he just lets it ooze out. <laughs> and he's just talking to these guys. And, like, you can tell the words are getting harder and harder to say. And he's like, it's hardening it up. It's hardening it up around the wound. See, that's all those good venom antibodies in my body are killing that venom. And I was like, this guy fucking rules, man. Yeah, he's hanging on for dear life. <laughs> L- literally toxic masculinity. <laughs> I have a lot of toxic masculinity. The guy get, I, And I'm a guy that's like, hey. If I can get rid of this toxic masculinity by bit, getting bit by a cobra, then let's give it a shot, man. Yeah, that's the thing, though, is it does work for some people. That's what's an attraction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could kill you, but it's cool. Yeah, Like, it's a cool true. way to die. Everybody that gets killed bitten by a snake. Like, even what's his name? Uh, the crocodile hunter. Like, he got killed by the weakest animal of all, and I think he's cool as hell anyway because he was out dicking around with those things, and it just stabbed him through the heart, you know? Yeah, yeah, that thing, yeah. That that seemed like a wild, wild time. There's yeah. animal, I don't mess with, uh, I don't know, I feel like you shouldn't be messing around with animals like that. Uh, I agree, I agree. I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll let you... Uh, I'll let that I'll, I'll let that be the good take on this team, but I think it's neat when people do it, you know? Sure, sure. But I'm just like, those snake guys always got, like, motherfucking reptiles in, like, dirty Rubbermaid bins. Well, that's the you thing. Know? That was yeah. the thing. He pulls it out of a little case. And you're like, why you got to have that black? That black mamba wants to run free. Yeah. You know? That thing wants to go be by a river and shit. Yeah. And go lick up on some rocks and tree fruits and shit. Everybody in the uh, in the Facebook group wants to see the... <laughs> <laughs> the black mamba bite. I'm getting it for you. I promise. I'll get it posted in the uh, thread. It's pretty good. It's good. The high- we could play the audio of it because it is kind of funny. You want to do that, Brett? Yeah. I mean, if you got it, we can. Uh, Let's get a call in. Right now. Let's, Let's get a, a call, call in, and then I'll play the black mamba bite when we hang up I mean, after this come call. Back. I got to find it. All right. Let's see who is on the line. This person's been waiting for quite some time. They are anonymous, which is neat. Thank hey, you for calling Street Fire Radio. Who are we talking to? Hey, I'm Duncan Dan the Donut Man. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. I'm just checking. I'm calling over Google Voice because uh, I'm actually currently out of the country. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. So, uh, just thought I... Uh, well, can I... Uh, yeah, can we, for, my first question is... Can you tell us quickly how you did it with Google Voice? Because we have a lot of international people that can't figure it out. It was um, so it was recommended to me on the the Facebook group I had posted on there. Um, literally, I just you know I had a Gmail account that I just uh, you know was logged into and just Googled 
you know, Google Voice, and then it took me to like Google Hangout, and then you can call from there. Nice. Well, people, I don't know. people from other <laughs> it, it, countries. It was pretty easy, actually. People from other countries do that. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I, I mean, like where I'm, I'm currently, I'm in Barbados. I'm doing oh. um, research for uh, under undergraduate uh, thesis. Are there uh, snakes there? Next, like. Yeah, are there snakes in Barbados? <laughs> kind of snakes. We're very interested um, in snakes I was currently. Reading that there are snakes. There are not any venomous snakes. Um, oh, there's the cool although they're like not venomous enough that they'll like kill you. I I did read somewhere that the smallest uh, species of snake lives here. Um, but now they got they got lots of interesting wildlife. Like there are monkeys, um, green monkeys that uh, come through my backyard. About Fuck. there's a troop of them. About ten of them that come through about twice a day. That's and like then, a dream. Um, That's a dream for me to have monkeys running through. Because my- I've been to Florida. And those little geckos, mm-hmm. they flip me out, man. When I see a little gecko, I'm like, damn, that's a lizard. <laughs> yeah, Texas has a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm from Dallas, so I actually, I totally get you. I, I live, I, I go to college in Virginia, but I'm from Dallas. <laughs> so I used to have a cat who loved to just sit at the kitchen window and stare at the geckos. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's like, it's like endless hours of uh, entertainment for them. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to... Uh, I, well, wait, I have another cool animal story. Uh, actually, today, um, I was swimming, and I, I, I don't know. I, I grew up in Texas and Dallas, so I didn't really um, get to the beach a lot when I was a kid. But um, so I, I, I was uh, at the beach today, just kind of hanging out. And when I was in the water, I thought I had uh, I was stepping on a rock, and then it kind of moved and floated a bit. And I, I, I could see it through the water, and I was like, what the hell? Like, why is that rock swimming away? Like, three feet long. <laughs> and uh, it was a sea turtle. <laughs> oh, sweet. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't hurt it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it came back a few times to just kind of stare at, the, you know, the weird white guy. But, like, um, yeah, no, it was uh, really interesting. Anyways, do, I do those to, bite? Uh, do those I, bite? I was told they I mean, they might. Yeah, people be lying about like animals. Turtles. People lie about animals yeah, all the time. The guy I grew up across the street from, the like really, really hillbilly guy that I like. The like some of the characters that we do on the show or talk about is based on this guy I grew up across the street from named Jimbo, and he <laughs> he's called not up, Lonnie. He called him yeah. Well, Lonnie is actually based on a man named Josh, which a lot of people don't know, but okay. uh, Jimbo called himself dynamite jim dandy first but he uh <laughs> he lived across the street and he drank like a at least a 30 pack of bush beer a day and he would oh, go yeah he would roof all day get off work go out to a creek and chase turtles around all night and then get them <laughs> and make clocks out of their backs and he used to always have to what come my dad's a computer programmer and he would always have to come over to my house and ask my dad how to place the roman numerals <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that's that's that's. But yeah, he used to make clocks out of turtles' backs. So like, I I like am familiar with snapping turtles. I always felt bad for the turtles. It's like, man, let, those things oh, live yeah. to be a million, and you're just like, I'll just kill this one and make a clock nobody wants oh, out of it. Yeah, I would have. You, you should have slapped its fin a high five. Yeah, sea turtles rock. They're the yeah. No, I, I immediately was just thinking about Finding Nemo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was my first. 
uh, reaction. All right, I know you didn't call about animals. What's going on? <laughs> oh, no. No, I called about, as per my name, Duncan Dam, the Donut Man. I um, uh, was fortunate enough to, <laughs> to uh, uh, work at a Dunkin' Donuts uh, for a good part of a summer um, in between uh, two years of college. Okay. And um, I guess it's not small business, but my manager was totally a fucking tyrant. Like, he was horrible. It was like a franchise, like, I guess. And he owns, like, two or three in, like, the Dallas area. Right. <laughs> a Dunkin' Donuts or a McDonald's or uh, I, is it Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's? Anything that's not a Yum! brand is probably <laughs> usually a small business because they're franchise. And, like, well, the, the guys that run those franchises can, like, a guy that runs a Dunkin' Donuts that isn't, like, the corporate guy can be the worst kind of tyrant because he ain't, I mean, he doesn't, he didn't get in the donut business because he loves donuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and then. You know, the, um, the, or, or, sorry, go ahead, Brad. No, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Go ahead. Um, the, well, the thing is like, even if it is the corporate Dunkin' Donuts, I don't think a lot of people know this, but Dunkin' Donuts is actually, um, part of, they're owned by the Carlisle Group, which, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but they like, the Illuminati. heavily lobbied and early, yeah, like the Iraq war, like weapon suppliers. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Jones bad uncovered the truth about the Carlisle Group. They're part of the trilateral oh, yeah. commission and all that. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. The people that did nine eleven. <laughs> Carlisle oh, Group. I that's true. I worked for the Carlisle Group when I worked at Insight at the cable company. They're like, we just got bought wow. by the Carlisle Group, and it was like six months after Fahrenheit nine eleven came out. And I was like, damn, really? <laughs> <laughs> this seems oh, bad. <laughs> no, but yeah, my manager, he would like. Um, I remember. Oh God, yeah, it was the kind of thing where I knew something was up because. I remember I turned in the application at like maybe a, you know, seven or eight in the evening and I got a call back at like 9am the next morning and it was at the manager asking, or not the manager, um, we actually didn't have a manager for a really long time. Um, it was the owner asking if I could come in in like two hours and interview. Nice. I was like, oh, okay. So I did. And it was like really, you know, one thing, it was truly a, can you start working now kind of thing? Yeah. So I yeah, literally that's... just like, you know, after 10 minutes of talking to him, he told me to, you know, come back with a white polo and jeans and uh, black shoes. And get on the uh, clock. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was, oh no, that was the worst part. I, I couldn't clock in for like the first, I didn't have any paperwork for like the first week I worked there. Um, and he was like, oh, it's okay. We'll just like fudge the numbers. Yeah, they'll take care of you. Sure. Yeah, no, and, like, uh, they tried to, but there was something, like, with the, like, software that, like, by the time I actually did have, like, an employee, like, identification number that I could clock in with, um, he couldn't go back and retroactively add hours past a certain date, which was already passed when I started working. So uh, he just, like, uh, paid me cash for, like, two or three days of work. Well, if he um, owns the place, he had to have already known that, right? That it, that that was I, something he couldn't do. This, this place, I have no idea. Like this place is like so incredibly horribly mismanaged. And actually, at the time I started working there, it was um, just starting to go into the hands of, uh, or like the owner was trying to sell it to a larger um, 
franchisor. And um, the owner, who was just a complete asshole, like, just a really mean guy. Like, the kind of guy who, like, no matter what you're doing, um, you know, if everything's done and there's no one in and it's, like, you know, 2 p.m. at a Dunkin' Donuts, nobody's coming in on a Thursday. Um, uh, Brett like, Payne and Brian Quinby, with- when they're on the road, <laughs> often get up at 1 p.m. and go to a Dunkin' Donuts to get cold brew, Okay. <laughs> oh well you know i will say like working there i actually i do think their coffee is pretty good i think some of their donuts are actually pretty good and they actually do make them fresh um by the way bakers uh at any kind of donut place or like any kind of i guess food uh preparation person who has to like show up for the you know midnight to 6 a.m shift like those people are sane. like they do not get paid enough I, I really feel for those people. Yeah, that was my uh, that was my job when I lived in Dallas. I worked at uh, a donut place there, a famous one, not like uh, Dunkin' Donuts. But yeah, I had to go. <laughs> I had to go in at two in the morning, and there would be some times where there would just be a concert, and I'd be like, "We're just gonna have to roll through it. We're just gonna show up super drunk and sober up for these four hours. I got to roll out, you know, a hundred pounds of dough. That was like the worst time of your oh, life yeah. though, right? It was like, that was, was maybe the, 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 uh, the most like mental toll a job has ever taken on you. I believe. Yeah, it was, well, it was rough. I, I've seen someone do that and it, uh, uh, go as awfully as it possibly could. Actually. I remember one day I, I came in at like, you know, my ship started, I think at like four. So I came in at like three thirty. Um, and, um, the, we had like an, I guess like an apprentice baker. He was like, just kind of learning. And like, that was his first night where he was doing it by himself. And, um, he came in like really drunk. And, um, uh, as I came in, the only reason I know exactly what happened, because as I came in, the owner was there, which he usually isn't there, but he was there, um, like looking at the security footage and I saw some of it. Um, uh, there were zero donuts, and we were opening in like half an hour. Holy shit! Something like that. And uh, what happened on the security footage that I saw was he was really drunk, and he like had like a giant thing of, uh, I guess like glaze, and uh, he fell over, and the entire thing, like huge box of it, just spilled everywhere. <laughs> so he got a mop and like went and spent like a good like hour and a half like cleaning up the back, you know, the floor, and then. He went to go start the donuts again, was carrying the box of glaze, and then slipped because, again, because he didn't uh, um, dry up the mopping water. And so when I came in, he was just sitting out front, uh, like, asleep at one of the tables with, like, a giant, like, glass of water, and the owner was just like, screaming at him. Honestly, like, I felt, I, I felt for the dude. Like, I would, too. I mean, he had you a really don't... shitty job, and that was how he was trying to cope with it, and I I'm totally fine with that. I knew a dude. I worked at this golf course, and we got our ketchup was like a thing that hung on the wall, and you hooked a bag up to it, and you just put it in. You like put it in this thing, and a, a, a spout came out of the bag of this plastic thing, and this dude like just did something backwards, and we're having this big party at the golf course. There's, it's like one of those like at this golf course they had like a party area. So we're having this huge party at the golf course, and this dude goes to put this in. He does one thing out of order, and the whole <laughs> bag empties on the floor right off the door. And I have, like, never laughed harder in my life. 
and he got fired. Like after, I felt so bad that he got fired. Either he got fired or he didn't come back because the boss was just like, "Are you a fucking idiot?" And like flipped out on him. But it was like, have a sense of humor, man. Come on. Yeah. There's ketchup everywhere. That's hilarious. When that shit happens, it's it's really hard, especially if you know your boss is a dick. It's really hard to like acknowledge like yo that shit's funny as hell and then but also like acknowledge (laughs) that person's probably gonna get really fucked over by that i mean actually right after oh go ahead i'll say that guy i worked with at the diner i've i've talked about a million times at at the deli i mean he would like i mean it would be like something where it's like i buy my own groceries you know so i know how much things cost and he would flip out about things where he was like Oh, you screwed up and you wasted all that money. And it's like, it's $20, dude. Do you have to, like, flip your lid and scream and, like, slam doors and stomp through the room for $20 fucking dollars, man? (laughs) Yeah, I think also you have a good point, though, because uh, when I got my job at Abercrombie Warehouse, I showed up to turn in an application and they were just like, we'll interview you right now. And I was looked like a complete yeah. slob. Like I was coming there to drop <laughs> off a red flag. To uh, I, I was trying to drop off uh, an application to someone at a desk, and then I was in like flip flops and a sweatpants shorts. That's not even fair. Mm. That's not fair because you could be hot. That's how I got my job at Chuck E. Cheese. I'm driving around smoking weed like an idiot in Jinkos <laughs> and like probably a corn T-shirt and with my hair <laughs> braided and shit. And I pull in and I'm like, I'm just gonna grab the application and leave and the guy's like oh we like it when you fill it out here so i was like all right i'll fill it out here and then i'll just drop it i can't believe this Chuck E. cheese wants this guy this 16 year old sitting in its in its restaurant filling out an application but i'll do it i fill it out and he's like let's do an interview and i'm like that's not fair i'm high like i thought i was just coming in like this is i he hired me they must have been just hard up for people where it was just like we're just the next person that walks through that door and fills out an application is hired. And that's kind of the thing, like at Dunkin' Donuts, is, mm. look, there aren't people, like, clamoring to work there. And if the boss is a dick, the turnover is in such a way that he can't afford to pretty much not hire every single person that comes through that door. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I honestly wish I... Uh, didn't work there <laughs> like it was i think it was a mistake there were there were other places i probably could have applied to that would have been at least a little bit better i don't know maybe i'm just kind of you know there's no uh there's no there's no fun part you know there's no fun way to work in the food food industry like it, it just doesn't well the smart it. way i i guess like the smartest way is to not like get married to a job when you're in that yeah, part absolutely. of it like if you're working at dunkin donuts you need to just be like i'm Look, I'll go to Starbucks, and if Starbucks doesn't hire me, I'll go to Caribou Coffee, and if they don't hire me, I'll go to McDonald's, and if they, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just this endless amount. You know the place that I think seems like the worst place to work now? I think I, I, I have discussed Five Guys. I, I would know. love it if a listener oh, yeah. worked at Five Guys and told me what that's like, because it seems like I eat there a decent amount because I'm a fat pig that likes cheeseburgers, and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I Let's not offend the fat pig listeners. That's just me. I'm calling myself okay. that. I love bacon cheeseburgers, and I get them whenever I can. Had one for dinner tonight from a different place, but uh, 
I like uh, I, I like go in there to get food and it's got that vibe you get when you work in a place that's really have you ever worked in a restaurant that's like really greasy where like they fry everything yeah. and the floor like has that film Slick, on yeah. it just run it we used to, when I worked at the all-star cafe you would just stand in the back and run in place on a pile of slick grease. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like. See and when I could s- run the fucking fastest. Like, imagine what your shoes smell like. You know how your oh, shoes God. get they that just smell? Get disintegrated. <laughs> they just rot away from onion. Food service smell on shoes is like my sister works was, at a restaurant oh, and she God. would bring those home and it's just grease and food and dirt and they're. Gross, and people man. try to get those boots that got eyelets on them and everything, so little bits of food get stuck all in it and caked all over it. Yeah. I ruined a oh, lot of pairs God. of Nikes working at because I was like, I'll, oh, I'll God, wear nice mate. shoes. I can wear stylish shoes up in here. I'm going to wear my shell toes in here. And they would have, like, on the shell toe, they'd have little, like, cheese in them from the pizza from Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Just mashed oh, in, mixed with filth and dirt. Uh, what time is it in Barbados? Oh, it's uh, Eastern time. It's the same as, uh, you know. That's Actually, cool. what's Ohio? Is Ohio Eastern or Central? Yeah, we're Eastern. Yeah. Everybody thinks we're Central, but we're Eastern. We're okay. very yeah, thriving we're Eastern now. metropolis here. Yeah, well. Oh, oh before I um, sign off, I have uh, some quick advice that I don't think I've heard um, mentioned on the show yet, specifically for college students or anyone who has access to, like, a cafeteria-type setup for a lot of their meals. Okay. Um, especially if you're on a college campus, it's so easy if you have like a buffet style dining hall. It's really easy to steal dishes and silverware. I've frequently just like grabbed a stack of plates and like a handful of forks and knives and spoons and just walked out. Like it's it's really easy. Um, yeah, you're paying for so, it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean like the the money I'm paying like stealing like these crappy. Like uh, bits of silverware. Like honestly, they, they should send me at least two pallets of it. Um, is it those brown? But, uh, is it those brown, like marbly stone-looking plates? No, they're like white, like oh. ceramic. They they just look like really generic. Um, you know, the kind of thing you might see at like Target. Like they're actually like kind of decent. Okay, maybe um, we'll get one to IKEA. Yeah, but the yeah, that, they actually kind of look like uh, stuff you see at IKEA. But the the silverware is just like you know really cheap restaurant metal yeah silverware aluminum um, foil basically yeah um and then i also want to give a, a shout out to um my uh former college roommate uh ey who listens to the show and is on the uh street fight group um Tight. he got a job he started working in dc for a union and he asked me not to say exactly which union but uh yeah Eli's, eli is fighting the good fight that's awesome. That's great. Well, thanks for calling. I'm glad you called us from the Barbados. That's cool. Yeah, maybe I'll call again next week. Hell yeah. yeah. Please well, do. But two weeks. <laughs> next week is a Gwen show. Oh, two weeks? We're yeah. taking Father's oh, Day okay. off because we're everybody on the internet's dad. Yeah, Daddy's Day for us. <laughs> oh, that's true. All right. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Thanks. Thank you. Dad. All right, folks. Here <laughs> we right. go. We said yeah. we would do it. When we hang up the first call, I got it all queued up. Brett's got to get it all set up. Brett's got to get it plugged in. We're going to play the snake man getting bit by a a black mamba. You ready? You can come around, Brett, and see it. Mambles on the floor? It's not going to happen. I'm just saying. 
Let's go ahead and say I got the nine out so we can pop the cap. Okay, Tim, you ready? I got it. Uh, okay, so there's a guy. It's about to grab the black You don't want to take it on the hand, do you? Where are you going to take it? Not in the finger. Not, not in the finger. Not. Put the welding gloves on. You might like a big sausage like that. Big old sausage finger. Let's get him getting it out here. Here we go. All right, so he's taking the snake out of the uh, container gimmick that they keep snakes in with one of those sticks. And he's holding on to this really long snake, right? And, uh, goodness gracious, how long does it take to get a black mamba out without getting bit? All right, here we go. Now we will be 50. Can I touch the bottom before you do that? Right? Yep. This guy wants to touch his snake real quick. Like, I just want to touch oh, it. Here it goes. Man. Bit him Two twice. Bites. Nice. Son of a bitch. Thank you. Now we're rolling. Woo! Kicking in. Here comes my dude. Here comes my dude here in a second. This is the guy I, I like the video for. fucking black mamba. He's glad he touched it. How can you roll? You guys all saw two on that, right? I saw two. Let me see your, well, once you get him off, can't you jump? This guy's a fucking beast right here. Let me see, let's Jones. see the I, I wouldn't do this. And, and he there did. it is. That's proof that them fangs went on. <laughs> He's bleeding. I love that guy, man. I don't, I don't know if you got the idea. Yeah, you can plug it back in. I don't know. You got to watch the video and see the guy get bit. We played it. His hype man yells a lot. You got to find the six-minute version if you can find it. But it's just a little tiny snake bite. It's probably like getting a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a vaccine. Yeah, I want to clarify something before we go on to the next call. You are working for a small business tyrant if you work for a franchise owner. Because those are the worst kind. They are all business. They aren't in it for any sort of love. You know right. what I mean? They're really just in it to fucking. They're like, oh, I, I, I always wanted. I, they would be selling anything. They right. just get to pick hamburgers because five guys had a special on their franchise deal. <laughs> yeah, they're just some dummy that was like, well, five guys will hand down the, the rule book, the guidelines, the scheduling system. They'll show me how to run it. And I just got to follow the rules, and then I become a, a hamburger restaurant uh, millionaire. Right. Like, that doesn't work like that, buddy. <laughs> it does work like that. You do make a bunch of money, but everybody you work for has to be tortured under right. your I mean, tutelage. Yeah, I mean, they do act like they don't want to be working at all. And it's like, you got to still work, though, you know. It's not like you just make money from it. No, you do. You have to run it. I mean, I've seen there, so many steak escapes. There's like a steak escape that went up once in my neighborhood was there for like two months and it was gone. There a was pizza place in my neighborhood was there for less than a month and it closed up. It was like, we'll be back. And they never came back. There was a Quiznos uh, over in Gahanna. And every time I went there, it was this guy and his son that was like 14. That was not and working there, but not a real employee, probably illegally working. And the dude was just so desperate and was just like, you know, we, we deliver now, too. So uh, wherever you're at, I mean, we'll drive it over. You no charge. He's like, take the number. No, write the number down. Put it in your phone. And it was just like really desperate. And I used to go over there all the time. And he was the only person that fucking worked there. 
and I just imagine I want to know who he pitched on this. Like, did he pitch <laughs> his wife on this? Like, honey, I'm going to buy this business and we're going to make a ton of money. And then he ended up being there all the time and making no money at all. Right. That I mean, that's what Brett and I talked about opening a store in Columbus when we first started talking about uh, when we first started talking about getting an office. We were like, we could get a storefront and like just sell zines and shit in the store. And then both of us were like we're going to end up being the guys that have to work at the store all the time. That's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have to go and get keys and do like one of those stupid bank bags with the, the key on them and mm. do drops and shit like that. Oh yeah. And then like, just even if we did get an employee, nobody should ever have to work for me and you like <laughs> we're both like, so, I mean, we're nice to the people that work for us now. Like Jason, we treat Jason very well. He's fun. we, we, you know, he gets high at work and stuff like that. We all get to do all the fun stuff, but we're also crazy too, too crazy people that like couldn't make it in any other business except for this. Well, we're also two people that know everything in our heads and don't share with anybody else, and then just think that other people are thinking the same thing, or we'll figure it out. Yeah. We talk about, like, how, like, the live streams go on, the Twitch is about to come up and all this stuff. And it really is because Jason doesn't get mad and start screaming and say, fuck it, let's just record the show and go home. <laughs> yeah, he plods through it. But Brett, I'll say this, man. Brett had management in his blood, and he could have done it because he stands there with Jay. Like, the whole time we're putting the show together... Jason and Brad are working, and I'm sitting in a chair, like, making funny jokes about country music or Singing something MC like that. Singing MC Scat Cat. Singing songs and goofing off. And, like, they work. The, Brett gets in there and does the work. I don't know if that's, like, one of those things you do when it's, like, your business. You're like, I'll get in there and get my hands dirty. But yeah. I don't feel that way. I'm like, well, he's doing it, so I'll just leave it to him. But <laughs> All right, let's see who's on the phone. They don't want us jabbing and playing snake bite videos. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Chase from Santa Clarita. What's up, Chase? How are you? How's it doing in California, IA? Oh, it's great. Uh, I just had dinner with uh, the family, drinking outside. It's great. That's awesome. Uh, you're calling during summer, so we're all drinking outside right now, so it's not that impressive. <laughs> What's up tonight, though? Sorry, I guess it's my California privilege. <laughs> it is, it is. During the winter, if you called me and said you were happy, call me next February and tell me that, and I'll yell at you and kick you off the phones for being able to be outside. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, do you think that, like, do you think me and you would have, like, this would have been the year that we lost it if we didn't have the show in Asheville and the show in uh, New Orleans? Because we were fraying this year. <laughs> I'm, we were I mean, having a rough winter. <laughs> my winter was so bad. We had all those false ends, too, like three or four times. It, it was up until, like, April 19th it snowed here. That was the last snow we got. It was awful. Yeah. So what's going on tonight, Chase? Um, I wanted to talk about probably the worst job I ever had. It was at a diner. Perfect. Same here. Well, I can't say that was the worst job I ever had. That's roofing. But, yeah. Well, so what was it? What was what was bad about it? Uh, well, we we had this boss who had no business being a boss, of course, and uh, 
she she was bad. She'd send people home crying just about every day. At least one person went home crying after their shift every day. Wow, that's rough, man. Those and I, I don't. Whenever they go there, I just don't. It's it's because everybody else is so quiet. Everybody else just puts up with it. Like it's just this is the work environment. You know, this is our place of employment. If you don't like it, we can, like you said, Brian, just go to Taco Bell or AMC movies. But people are afraid. Like, we're raised, like, I feel like a lot of us are raised to, like, really fear getting fired. Yeah. Or, or quitting a job or, like, I don't or know also why. Sh- be sh- ashamed. Yeah. Because we all. F- of doing I, a bad job. Yeah. Well, nobody. I don't know how old you are, how old you are, Chase, but, like, nobody wants to go home to their wife or their parents or their girlfriend and be or their partner and be like, hey, I quit today. I quit my job. Like, that's the worst conversation yeah. to have to have, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I eventually just quit there. I didn't even have another job lined up, but I was like, you know what? I, I, I just can't. What, but, kind of, uh, what kind of money? Were, was yeah, it minimum wage, or were you a waiter, or what were you doing? Um, I was a busboy, and so it was uh, minimum wage, but I uh, I got some tips. Okay. So it wasn't completely bad. I got some decent tips. Did they tip you out? Or did, did the wait, waiters tip you out, or did you get, like, uh because it's it's like where you bring it home like eight to ten dollars like i got tips too for being a bus boy and a food runner but i was making like ten dollars a day in tips and it felt like very like nothing it to was, me it was it, it it depended it was i it could range from 10 to 30 depending on uh how how busy it was and how bad the boss was the worse the boss was the more i get the more tips the waiters gave me which i felt kind of bad but they felt bad for me, for us bus boys for putting up with this shit um well, that's but cool. yeah so like when the first time i started working there she was really strict with like certain rules like uh like we had to uh, carry around these trays, and that whenever we wiped down a table, we had to wipe all the crumbs onto these trays. But the trays would be full of like dishes, so we had to be super careful about that. And then she'd yell at us for carrying the trays with one hand. What? And uh, bathrooms. She was really strict about bathrooms. There were that, two bus boys. That is, was, I can I say this? That's a Yelp thing. You know what I mean? Like, the bathroom thing is a Yelp thing. Yeah. Because somebody goes in a gross bathroom, yeah. then they'll give you a one-star damn review, and it'll screw the thing up. So they freak out about the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. And at, at best, there were two busboys working at a time, and she had us checking the bathrooms, like, every five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if... They, if yeah, yeah and, and so it was like, well, do you want us to be bussing tables or checking bathrooms? Because we can't do, we can't do it the way you want without the other one like being neglected. It's just not possible. No, if there's two people and you're checking every five five minutes is extreme. Like I did Kroger it was I think a half yeah. hour, maybe to an hour. Yeah, at the grocery store, like most jobs, half, but mo- yeah, oh. half hour to an hour. I'll be honest, most food service jobs I had, 
didn't check the bathroom unless somebody said there was doo doo all over the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, e, yeah. Chuck E. Cheese would be like, you never heard nothing about the bathrooms, and then every once in a while, I'm like, hey, uh, Brian, there's doo doo all over the women's bathroom, and I'm like, well, I mean, get a man to go in there and do, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> or get a woman to go in there and clean it up, <laughs> please. Don't make me, but yeah, that was the only time I ever heard anything about the bathrooms. The bathrooms are like one of those yeah, things. Was... The bathrooms, we're the bathrooms are like side work at a lot of places where it's like you you got a little time mm-hmm. go there and check the bathrooms out. Because <laughs> if you went into yeah. the bathroom and found it dirty and started cleaning it, they would accuse you of hiding in the bathroom. I can guarantee that too. Here's a gross bit of uh, info. Mm-hmm. When I worked at a KSC slash Long John Silver's, we had mops and brooms and stuff like that, and they were color coded because the ones you used in the like in the back you weren't supposed to use in the bathroom. They were like bathroom only mops, and that was absolutely never adhered to. <laughs> there was a lot of mixing of mops. Yeah, so the 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 poo mop got used in the back in the kitchen and like the dining area, like where people Ooh. sat. Ooh, just spreading doo-doo all over the whole place. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm trying to, I remember Fazoli's being particularly disgusting. The toy store as well. For some reason, people, I don't know if bored, people, parents are just bored, and they would just sling a diaper against a wall or something, <laughs> but it happened on more than one occasion. <laughs> Someone would just smash one against the fucking mirror. At all the time. But I don't know why people... Oh, I don't know. You work at Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, too, I don't yeah. know how doo-doo gets all over that bathroom. I have no idea how it happens. People are having a fucking hell of a time. Having a doo-doo time. You know what? The best The best way to do it, it was every five minutes, she should have just adopted a policy that you follow everyone into the restroom. <laughs> that would... That would be funny. <laughs> Clean up after and be like a maitre d' or something. You should have told her that. What if, like, when, when she told you, like, I need you to check it every five minutes, and then the next time said, I need you to check it every five minutes, you should have been like, do you just want me to, like, walk in with everybody that goes to the bathroom? Because, I, I mean, I could do that. Like, sometimes if you – they it, that's not – what's the word? Extreme – uh, God damn adherence? it! Adherence, but that's not extreme. Malicious adherence. compliance. Yeah, yeah, but it's malicious. a smart malicious ass. Compliant. It's such a smart ass thing to say. I think it would have been charming <laughs> in a diner to just have the bathroom attendant that you see at fancier places. Yeah, yeah that would be cool. You could have just stayed in there for your whole shift and had you know breath mints, little cologne. splash of cologne. I wonder what that pays. Hot towel. I know it can't pay that much. Oh. Well, I mean, depends From on everything that. I've seen on TV, they get tips. Yeah. I don't know, though, man, because a lot of that, that is like a club. That's like at a very select kind of clubs where, like, young people go to, and it's at, like, strip clubs, and it's just. No, there's other cocktail lounges downtown. My millionaire boss used to go to a place and hand out 20 and $40 to those guys. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay, well. He loved to show off. I don't get to go to wow. those places. Like a social club sort yeah. of thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know nothing about that. I heard about one recently. I was on Yelp, and a social club came up, and I was like, why come I'm not in that, man? I'm a luminary in Columbus, Ohio. No, you mean this social club. Pay money or know somebody's dad who has a business. True. I don't know any of those things or have money, so... We are business owners. We should get more in the small business network. No. We should get a CBD like <laughs> coupon in a in like one of the papers. Me and you go into a small business convention and everybody finding out what we do and knowing that we're their greatest 
threat and enemy out in the world right now. Because, like, we are one of the only shows that talk about small business, and we talk about it negatively. Like, to talk about it in a negative way, and we do it every single week. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't think they're going to be friends with us. Good point. Yeah. Uh, But, um, what drove me to the point of uh, actually just straight up quitting was um, this one time when she uh, she had me uh, mop the floors. For some reason, she like she never had anyone mop. Like this place was dirty. It was disgusting. And so she had me uh, mop the floors out uh, in the actual dining room. And so she says, go mop the floors. I say, all right. So I go in the back, you know, and um, I get the mop bucket and I find the little thing that says floor cleaner and, you know, dispense it and all that. And I head out and she starts yelling at me for using the floor cleaner when what she really wanted me to do was take the dishwashing detergent from underneath the dishwasher and disconnect to that and pour it into the mop bucket and then use that. <laughs> okay. Was that common practice? Or so where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She just had this idea that we can't use floor cleaner. For some reason, you have to use a dishwashing detergent. Cheapness. It was, it, was she cheap? Was she crazy? Because that's the thing about the diner I worked in. It was the first time I ever worked anywhere. where like, Because it was the first small business I worked at. And it was the first place where money was an issue where like the manager at the, because the guy that owns it's there and he's freaking out about every cent that, that is in there. And like, that was the worst part of it. Cause if you work at like McDonald's or something like that, that manager doesn't care about like what money comes. I mean, I'm sure it affects their job, but they're not like worried about $20 or, or like, they're not worried about like losing one stalk of celery that was supposed to go in the soup today. <laughs> God. Yeah, I I don't know exactly what it was, but yeah, and so so she sent me back, and and so and she showed me like, okay, take it from the fucking dishwasher, and and use that, and so I'm like, okay, so I do that, go out to to mop. And then she stands, like, right behind me and critiques my mopping, like, constantly. Oh, and, and because it's so, yeah, and because, like, she never has anyone mop there, like, this floor is dirty. So you're just scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing. And she's like, it's not coming up fast enough, so, like, scrub harder. So it gets to the point where I am, like, pushing down on this mop so hard like it could break like i could just feel it bending and i don't want to break it because that'll just make things worse yeah she'll freak out because you broke a mop yeah just to buy a new one yeah yeah and so then um and so then like really quickly mop water's too dirty for her so you know go out switch it back and the guy working the dishwasher, like, he knows what's going on. And so he's like, hey, I'll, you know, I'll put this dishwasher detergent in the mop for you. So I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. 
So then I come out with that, and then I get yelled at for using too much. <laughs> there was too much dishwasher detergent in the small water. So I had to go back, <laughs> do it again. And then I come back, and I'm doing it again. And then I'm mopping and mopping and mopping. She's, like, just standing at me, critiquing every little thing, yelling at me the whole time. And literally threatening to fire me because I'm doing, according to her, such a bad job of mopping. That, that Can I tell and you, how old were you? Can I ask you how old you were? I was... I was 21, and that was not my first restaurant job. Okay, can so I... I knew how to mop and okay. mop well. I was going to say, because young people cannot... They stink at mopping. I got to say, man. Shows them. I would never have my daughter mop. <laughs> I would never. Like, I Well, just, you got to show them, though. That's the thing, is that nobody teaches them. That's, the, that's, the, that's how men get away with a lot of not doing the chores, is that no one, no one sits down and says, like, this is what you need to do to clean the fucking restroom. The, the bathroom, it takes... 15 minutes to fucking do these are the cloths these are the chemicals fucking do it this is how to do it and so then there's like i don't know and you get confused and you have no idea what you're doing you know yeah 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 that's true maybe i'll have her mop the floor you should teach her we have to do the hands and knees brush on the floor to get it clean ours doesn't work with a mop it's some cheap crap you need a deck brush I do, but, you know, every time yeah, my, I go, it's either the hand thing that you mop with or the deck brush, and the deck brush is always $10 more. So you know how I work. That's Yeah, I'll, I'll tell the story when, when we get off the call about about my latest spending a lot of money because I'm cheap. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get to tell her to fuck off, or did you just walk out, or did you not come back? How How did the quitting go? So, yeah, I just, uh, so, because she threatened to fire me and all this bullshit, I, in the next week, uh, I just called and said, you know, I'm done, I'm not coming in. And she was like, all right, when I, you know, I'll get your last check ready and I'll call you when when it's time for that. (laughs) So then, (laughs) so then I, uh. I I go in for for my my last check thing, and then she's not even there. So I, I sit there for like two hours. She keeps me waiting. She finally shows up, and uh, and then she's like, "Yeah, I don't I don't understand. Like like why why are you quitting? You are such a good employee. You worked so hard." And I and I was just like, I was just like, really. <laughs> because last week they were threatening to fire me over my mopping, <laughs> and, and now you're and now you're telling me how how sad you are to see me go and how how I worked so hard, and and so she was just like, well, well, do you have anything else to say? And, and I was like, no, you know why I'm quitting, like you know why people quit here, like you can't keep a kitchen staff. For more than two weeks, literally, like we went through. I, I worked there for a month and realized how shit it was and got out of there. And we went through like two and a half kitchen staff during that time. Jesus, I was like, you know why? You know why I'm leaving? You know why everyone's leaving? Yeah, it's you. I don't need to say anything. 
Yeah. They, yeah. they know. They know deep in their heart of hearts. That's why you got to yell at them, actually, on the way out the door, so that when they go home, they have to ruminate on it for a few minutes. That's what I always think about. The day I quit and threw salad dressing at that guy and told him nobody likes him, he had to at least go home and be like, people like me, man. I know people <laughs> like me. There's no way. That guy was just a jerk. And it's like, no. You know deep in your mind none of those people like you, and they're only nice to you because you pay them. <laughs> <laughs> You, you actually just reminded me of something. One day when we were really busy there, there was a guy, and he was he was really upset because slow service and you know just he had, he had reason to be upset, and so he wanted to speak to the manager. And so me and the waitress were trying to you know keep him calm while we were trying to get our manager to come over, and she was she wouldn't come out. She was working in the kitchen, and she. She just straight up wouldn't come out. So eventually he got sick of it, walked into the kitchen nice. with his plate full of pancakes and just threw a pancake right at her. <laughs> <laughs> I love throwing stuff. That's the thing. You just, that's the kind of thing that's so fun. And everybody at work loves it when somebody yeah. throws a pancake at the boss, you know? Oh yeah. We were all, we were all cheering inside. We couldn't, we couldn't let her see it, but we were, you were all no, really you... happy that this guy threw a pancake at her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, hey, thanks for calling in. We're we're gonna we gotta get some calls in. We're taking yeah. forever. We got twenty minutes till our break, and we've only done two calls, Brett. Bad boys, bad boys tonight. Here's my cheap thing. <laughs> I've been trying to make uh, cold brew coffee, right? And uh, learning how to do it. And there were these two things that were eight dollars, and they were called coffee socks. And I didn't want to spend the $8 because cheesecloth was only $4, but it only lasts one time. Okay. So I bought cheesecloth like 10 times before I bought the coffee socks. <laughs> like, well, I could buy coffee socks for $8 or I could get this cheesecloth for $4. <laughs> and then every time it was like, I'll do the $4. I go in there. I'm like, oh, that's $4. And now my cold brew is so good. Because I have this coffee sock now. It's reusable. I just wash it. It cost me $8 for, like, two of them. It's so stupid, man. My wife was like, you spent so much money trying to figure this out. Why did you do that? She doesn't get mad. Avoid, she knows me. Yeah, but you spent so much money avoiding spending money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Double the money. You do. It's the same thing with your shoes. You spend, like, you're going to spend $200 on cheap shoes so that you don't have to buy one pair of $100 shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. I buy a pair of $50 shoes, and then I wear them until they wear out, and then and I buy months. another $50 pair of shoes. That's how I, yeah. Three months, four months. The last one was, like, less than three months. But it only was, because you won't just buy, like, a $100 pair of running shoes. I don't think that it, I don't think a $100 pair of running shoes solves my problem. I think it does. I don't. I really don't. I think... I, I think, think that foam rubber, the quality of that foam rubber is, is lacking. Okay. It's thick, though. But it, they just pump it out. It's cheap foam rubber. I thought that was the smart way because there's so much of it on the shoe. But That's what I'm apart. looking for. I'm specifically looking for that foam rubber because they put so much of it on the shoe that I'm like, it probably won't wear out. Uh, like, it take a long time, extra long time for it to wear out. <laughs> it's like styrofoam, though. Yeah, I know. I don't think about it, though, when I'm there. I might buy a hundred pair of dollar shoes next time. 
hundred pair of dollar shoes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's probably what I'm going to end up buying before I actually buy a hundred dollar pair of shoes. Is one hundred pairs of shoes? One <laughs> hundred pairs of dollar shoes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's it's see. The Fox Pass. All right. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hello there. Ahoy hoy. Uh oh. Skeleton called. Oh no. Skeleton called to share zone in the house. A ghost called. This is scary. Brett, next I'm call. Freaked out. Next call. Next call. A little tenacious D reference for the Street Fight show. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Hey. Who are we talking to? Hey, is this me? This is Stefan. What's up, Stefan? How are you? Hello? I'm doing all right. I am folding laundry. You need to buy running shoes. Yeah, that's somebody here says. David in the in the chat and the pinned thing in the Street Fighters group was like, maybe your shoes would last longer if you didn't sleep in them. That I makes sense. Sleep in my shoes. I You're a hard the, sleeper. <laughs> oh, my God. Brett kills me. Brett is always calling me. Brett and my wife, which are the probably two closest people. Brett, my wife, and Gwen, three closest people in this world to me, all are like, you're just hard on stuff. Yeah, I feel like, like you just grind your feet into the ground like you're crushing out roaches when you walk. Like you don't what? have a you don't have a tender foot at all. How are you? You're smashing it into the ground. That fucking foam on the bottom of your shoes is just bursting at the seams. <laughs> I don't stomp around town, okay? Yeah, just grinding into the ground. <laughs> What's going on, Stefan? Good, doing nothing much. Like I said, folding laundry, getting ready for the day tomorrow. Don't have court. That's nice. A lot of weed lawyering happening at that court? Happening lately? No. No. Uh, mainly it's, uh, I've been doing applica- applications for uh, for businesses. Been, uh, been good. Not not as much criminal defense recently. But weed businesses, right? Oh, yeah. 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 You love working with <laughs> weed. That's a, you ain't getting out of that field. How's it going there? How's the, how's yeah. the recreational stuff going in California? We're going to be there if, soon, so we would like to know. Uh, well, uh, not well. No. Uh, the, the, the recreational bill has been kind of flatlining. They got less taxes than they thought they would because they uh, did the usual stupid thing of letting the cities decide whether or not they were going to have uh, uh, anything in their, in their backyard. And so only a couple of cities, like, for example, the one I'm in, Long Beach, allow it. <laughs> And so, you know, it's been, it's been tricky on them. And uh, the good news is, is that I'm in one of the few places that's allowing it, so, you know, people actually have an, an ability to apply for, for a business license. But now, because it's one of the few places, it's caused kind of a real estate speculation boom. So we're chugging along. That sucks. It sucks that, like, when they get legalized in a place, but it's not. Is it immediate? Can, like, if Brett and I come to California this year, are we going to be able to walk into a dispensary and get weed? Yeah, probably. Yeah, most places. Okay, okay. Well, that's good. Because we're hearing about Oregon, and we're jealous as hell, which is why when, which is why. Oh, Oregon's L- LA. Yeah, which is why L.A. Oregon turned grew, into Oregon a, grew a million- yeah, Oregon grew a million pounds for four million people inside of their state. That's kind of a problem. <laughs> it's about right. I mean, that seems like a good amount the way we go through it. Like, I don't. Uh, how yeah, do once they... you start smoking, you just need more. Yeah, a, a uh, million thing, pounds. They're instituting the rules in, in here in California, kind of in steps. And so, right now, we just institute. They're they're 
the state said, all right, so no weed that has been te- that has not been tested uh, can be sold after July 1st. And so that means that pretty much there's going to be a giant fire sale for everything that's in the stores right now up until July 1st. We should be <laughs> or there. Or they have to go through this tester. <laughs> yeah. Well, my... One of my clients, one of my clients, opening up a testing lab in Long Beach, so that's pretty good timing on that part. How many testing labs are there? We're we're having uh, that's going to happen here, and we really think that like what well, what I think is that like it's supposed to be here in September, but I really don't think it's going to be here. I don't. It doesn't like I don't know how to get a card yet. Like n- nobody really knows oh. how to get a card. For Trump, the interesting thing is Trump just like on this week, like on Friday, was like, oh, yeah, I'm totally going to sign the Gardner and Warren decriminalization bill if uh, if it comes to my desk. So it's like now he's trying to get some renewed vigor. He is trying to get he now because he's so transparent, you know, he knows that he has to run for office in 2020. So now he's like talking about pardoning people and legalizing weed. <laughs> You know what, though? Those are two things the Democrats aren't going to do. So that's no. just something we have they had, to... They had eight, eight years to do that. They had eight years to, that they could have unilaterally just done that. It's been like, you know what? Uh, scheduling is really stupid, and it's based on racist law, so we could just flick up, a, flick up a pen and get rid of it. And they didn't do that. And now, you know, John Bonner, John Boehner in Ohio is going to be the face of marijuana. Uh, don't say that stuff. It's going to make me feel bad for buying weed in Ohio now. He's in someone's pocket, though, isn't he? He's like a spokesman of somebody. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's oh, running. No, he's on the board they, of a weed business here in Ohio somewhere, you know. Uh, he also owns a bar. Brett and I have always wanted to go to his bar and see what's doing there. But Yeah, I wonder if he lets people smoke inside. He, I would he hope accepted so. tobacco uh, money on the floor of Congress. Like, he was handing out checks from the tobacco lobby to his <laughs> friends, being like, hey, guys, <laughs> pass these along. So he's, he's been a, at least he's been consistent about, like, intoxicants. Well, are Republicans, Somewhat. is it, because we're not paying as much attention to, like, the electoral stuff anymore, Congress. Are Republicans, like, coming around on this? It feels like the Democrats are going to tie their own damn hands behind their back if they don't get out here before the Republicans. Like, it's crazy. That they're not like the Democrats all... fucked up, man. The, yeah. De- the Democrats, I can tell you right now, in California, which is where they're expecting to pick up these seats, really fucked up on the state, on the uh, federal level. They're blaming the top two tier system, but what it really is is that they couldn't control their own party in the backyard. That's yeah. so unlike so, As a the result, Democrats. you have like yeah. Well, now the Beta Warbacker, for example, which is a seat they should pick up. And he's crazy and terrible, and he's trying to start like anti-immigrant pogroms around the uh, around Orange County. You know, they could take him out, but they they fucked up. <laughs> so that's one pickup they're probably not going to get now. God, does it? It feels to me like they don't even have to go full like leftist. That that like they're not even interested in like doing the whole like. Hey, we'll legalize, we'll do all these things that do make a difference for some people, but we won't do like universal health care. They're like not even trying that stuff, you know? They're not doing anything, it seems. They're like, I, I think I saw yesterday somebody talking about we're going to focus on the budget for this election. I'm like, that's all you fucking dudes ever focus on. All you think about is the budget. Yeah. No, they. But at the state level in California, they they kind of just they uh, they're mad at the guy who started who uh, Senator Laura because he started he made a 
a uh, single payer healthcare bill that pretty much was just like a couple paragraphs saying like we should do single payer, and it passed the Senate and ended up in the Assembly where people are like we don't want to do this, and because we've accepted a lot of money from the healthcare industry and no, and so they just let it die. <laughs> the Democrats with a supermajority in both co- in both houses of uh, of the California legislature just let single payer go away. <laughs> yeah, they had they had all that stuff and, and you know they're just not. They're, they're not interested. I mean, I guess they want to win. I'm sure they want to win, but they're trying to attract a voter that doesn't exist anymore. I th- Not anymore, but I think they're just trying to attract a voter that doesn't exist. Like, who is inspired by them? I don't think anybody is anymore. I mean, there was a period, I think, where people around us were, like, still still kind of... Like, for me, at least. You know, I've been kind of following this stuff since... I'd say roughly around like 2010, you know, I, I followed the elect, the presidential elections before that, but I've been following this stuff right around 2010 and, you know, it didn't take me very long to be like, they're just, I mean, it's not that they're ineffective. It's that they are effective at getting Republicans elected and passing conservative laws. I'll tell you here just locally. Our our mayor, who was an undocumented immigrant when he until Reagan amnestied his parents and himself, uh, endorsed a Republican for city council in a swing district who voted against sanctuary city. I mean, it, they don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, it's about it's yeah. I mean, it, it you really see the transparent idea of the whole of you know protecting capital, and that's all it really is. Yeah, they don't care. yeah, it's depressing. It's it's really bad. Uh, so so everything's going good with you, Stefan. Your dad, your dad, and off and stuff like that. All the laws happening for you, good. Oh yeah, no, it's nice. I'm I'm uh, I'm shifting more into. I want to do more into the uh, the criminal defense practice, and so the the fun thing I get to do now is I I can uh, go out on Thursday nights to. Uh, Basically, just try to look socialize and get new clients, uh, but I can't drink. I found out I'm like completely allergic to booze, and so I'm just pounding club sodas and talking to people at bars because they get DUIs, and that's how you get business. Apparently, <laughs> the street fight boys are the same, right? Neither one of us can. Re- Brad mm-hmm. can drink, I drink, but it destroys his entire life when he does it. It's it's great. Like not he doesn't like destroy friendships and like anything like that, but it makes his tum tum hurt so just bad that it ruins beer. his day. Just craft beer. Oh no, I no. I had a. I, I had. I was at a political thing, and I'm like, I'll be able to handle these two Michelob Ultras. And uh, I walked my. I walked home and had to go and turn off the lights at 9 p.m. and had a splitting headache. So I'm like, this is dumb. I'm. I'm just not going to drink anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I mean, I was the same way. There's no. If it's not working for you, if it's not. If it doesn't feel good, why force yourself to do it in social situations? And again, you talked about getting like a club soda. I mean, not every not everybody knows that. They'll probably think you got a little gin in there, you know? I'm just hanging out. I'm having a gin and so tonic. That's what they're called, right? Yeah. Put well, a fucking olive in there or something. I don't know. Last night I drank six hard seltzers in two Manhattans and uh, didn't feel too bad when I woke up. Just had diarrhea. <laughs> Which I don't like. Oh. <laughs> I'm used to that. It's still <laughs> fun. It's fucking hilarious, life. though, to have diarrhea. It makes me laugh every time. Yeah? Yeah, the sounds I, are funny. I, 
It's funny, and it's like when somebody has to run to the bathroom, it's kind of funny. It's yeah. silly. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, I got to get in there. Touch my butt cheeks. Yeah. Oh, my God. And you're like, you have tears in your eyes, and you run in there, and you sit down, and then you spend extra time in there to let things cool off. All right. That's as far as I'm going. Right. <laughs> yeah, I and, like it. Brad, I want to ask this. So you're, how many miles a day are you walking now? 15, anywhere between 15 and 18. Uh, generally, like, like today I only walked like five miles because I was like out doing stuff. And yesterday I didn't even walk a mile. But uh, on, it's been raining here and stuff. So uh, I don't know. Let me check real quick. You need, I, like, you need like legit running shoes. Like you're doing like, you know, I've run marathons. You need running shoes that are, other, your, your legs are going to feel better. They're going to last longer than, than regular shoes. You need They're to not, like, re- these shoes that I'm buying are running shoes. They say running right on the front. I'm going to take a picture of people. my no. shoes actually run. They're the, they're the fake asses that just buy the tight athleisure clothes and don't actually put mileage into them. I'm taking a picture of my shoes need, and posting them to, in the group right now. I'm doing it. Need, it's that cheap-ass foam like, shit that all, the, all the cheap shoes are made of now. All the shoes you can get for buy one, get one at Kohl's are made of that foam shit. I love that the boots theory yeah, applies to, to Brian. Go to a hippie store. What store, what store should I go to? Go to where the hippie runners go. Get and they'll sit there and they'll geek out over your shoes. They might give you some of those weird barefoot shoes. Get I won't wear those. So Get a zero like incline. Shoes. Get a zero incline shoe. That's what you need. What is that? That it's more flat. That's the like barefoot running. I don't want old lady. I don't want your old. I don't want floor shines, Brett. I know that's your style now. <laughs> you the need- floor shine, but that's not my style, dude. I'm a I'm an athletic shoe guy and a guy in boots. Those are the two things I wear. They've all my whole life. That's been all I've ever worn. But you have the fake athletic shoes. Like They're for, real. What what is fake about an Because uh, nobody shoes. would do athletics in them. Because they would fall apart. Because you're doing athletics in them and they're falling apart. I don't know, guys. I this 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 shoe thing is getting a little out of hand here. I'll just say that right now. Okay. Okay. My shoes. I'm posting the shoes in the thread right now, and you guys can all look at my shoes, and then you can decide. I don't think my shoes are abnormal. And I think they're pretty decent. I paid $65 for these shoes. Is there a brand? Somebody tell me a brand, Stefan. What brand of shoes do you run in? Uh, Hoka. H-O-K-A. See, I can't. I'm going to look up a picture of these, and I'll bet you there's no way I can wear them. My da- I, have a, I have a teenage daughter. You know what they say I'm about you when you got bobos? Those aren't bobos, though. Those <laughs> are just, actually cost more than your bullshit shoes. Bullshit shoes. Get out of here. <laughs> now I'm hot under the collar because you guys are telling me my shoes aren't good enough. That my shoes that I've bought 47 times aren't right. good enough. If you're, ru- you're walking 18 miles a day in them or some shit, you need to actually get shoes that are going to support your feet. They do. My feet are completely encased in That's the thing. I, everybody about- tells me you need shoes that will do this. You need shoes that will do that. And my shoes do all of those things. No, you I'm need just... shoes that will last and they don't do that. Okay, that's the thing they don't do. They don't last very long. I, I'm walking between 10 and uh, ten and 20 miles a day, basically. I do all my work on my phone while I walk around town. So that's kind of my... That's my thing. But uh, I'll, I'll look into these 
whatever these like metal shoes or whatever you and Brad are talking about, Stefan, or or whatever knight's shoes or something. <laughs> Proper running shoes would do the trick. Mm. Yes, that's all it is. Is that you're still a middle schooler and you can't get over it. I mean, it's not middle school. These are adult shoes, dude. No, but you're worried about wearing running shoes because you think that some someone's going to jump out and say, what are those? I do. I kind of, I have Snapchat. a daughter and she, uh, that's, that's, she makes fun of my shoes. Every shoe I looked at, she's like, that's kind of a dad shoe, but I guess I'm a dad, but yeah, still. you're a father. I made fun of my dad when he was in his 40s and he got back into Masters Long Jump. That was his sport. And he came home one day wearing the speed suit, which is, it was just, it looked like a trapeze artist. You know, it's a skin tight, like. Uh, what is, what, uh, what's, what's <laughs> the sport? And we're just, oh, long jumping. Like, you know, you long run jump. as fast as you can. You do a sprint and you just jump as far as you can. So. He got back into that when he was, you know, in his 40s and 50s, and we made fun of him because his clothes were hilarious. But now, I've in my early 30s, I'm wearing these tiny, like, 80s-style shorts, which uh, are the most comfortable things I've ever worn in, and I get catcalled all the time now. Sky's really out, thighs out. For my poor daughter. Oh, man. Yeah, nice. pretty much. Okay, I'm going to yeah. look into this stuff, and I, I will update everybody on my shoes. I feel like I have good shoes. I just bought these. I feel like they're going to we'll last see. me another few months. These ones are going to be the ones, I think, that are going to last extra long. So I will check into it. All right, well, you guys have a good night. Thanks for you calling, too. Stephen. Thanks. We miss you. Um, we're going to do a song. We're going to do a song? Sure. Well, Let's take a break, my friends. All right, we got five people left on the line, so you're going to get in if you're waiting right now. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Thanks for listening to Street Fight. Here it comes. Ah, P.S. I had it, though. I had the song ready to go. We're going to play Psychotic Reaction by Count Five, followed by... The OCs and a little Ty Siegel. I'm going a little garage rock tonight. I'm feeling garagey tonight. I like Ty Siegel. Oh, God. Ty Siegel's the greatest. He's really good. He's never played a show in Ohio, I don't think. Because mm-hmm. I've been wanting to see him for so many years, and he never comes here. The other weird thing about him is he doesn't do drugs, and he says his vice is sugar, which is also mine, but also drugs. <laughs> so. Right, but also like real <laughs> drugs. Yeah. You ready? Yeah.
You can find us on 92.7 or 98.3 here inside 270 in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, add it to your dial, your radio dial, your presets, whatever they may be. Uh, we are broadcasting worldwide on WCRSFM.org in the downtown Columbus Free Press Studios. Uh, we are part of the Pacifica Radio Network. It's 1252 a.m. That number to call is 614-412-5252. But we're probably just going to take these last five and get out of here. We'll see you in two weeks. We are going to take Father's Day off. So let's see. Let's get into this. Let's do it, man. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hold on just a second. I forgot to plug you in. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're going to think that their phone's messed up. This is the worst. Oh, no. $529 for a shuffleboard table. Do it been wanting one of those forever man i'm into shuffleboard right now i haven't never played it but i'm into it hey can you hear us hello yeah. hey what's up how are you who's this um uh i actually don't want to get too specific because i'm planning on naming and shaming on this call that's, that's fine let's name um, and shame all right um but first off i wanted to get this out of the way since the last time i called um First time, it was uh, the night of my grandfather's viewing, and I called in, and y'all really helped me deal with that. So, uh, thank you for that. Um, can we can we call you Terry? Sure. Okay, Terry. What's up? <laughs> with nobody when you don't want to be uh, when you, that's, you, a, that's anonymous. It's like John Doe. <laughs> Terry is the anonymous name for Street Fight. Terry well, Lonnie. I'm glad we can help you out with that. Right, but yeah, um, I didn't really want to focus on that. But anyways, I got some buddies who work for a company uh, called Caption Call, if you've ever heard of it. I have not. Um, I'm, so, I'm Googling right now, though, as you tell the story. So they, uh, they uh, um, basically, you listen to a phone call and you help caption it for people, mostly older folks that are hard of hearing and stuff like that. And so... I'm sure you can imagine the type of content of those calls. I'm sure it's not politically um, correct. <laughs> oh no! Oh my goodness! Like, and 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 one thing that sucks for them is that like, it's company policy that you have to transcribe exactly what's said. So like, even if like no matter what slur or like if an old person is like getting scammed or anything, oh, no. you you just have to put it down exact. Do you ever want to? And huh? Do you ever want to like the scam thing has to suck, or like uh, the thing where you like have to like? I'm sure there's a lot of fights that they're captioning, where like people are just fighting with their family. Like you probably that's probably yeah. why I actually want to try this job now. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I've I've heard with the scams that like they're allowed to like put in like parentheses or something that like oh, this is a scam, but, like, the thing is, like, you can't insert yourself into the conversation very much. So, like, sometimes they'll do that, and the person they'll, they're transcribing for, they're like, oh, so the service is saying this is a scam. Are you guys trying to screw me out of my money? Oh, wow. And that's, they, they can't really do that much about it. That is wild. And so that, 
Yeah, and um, like like another thing, um, they they have to caption um, phone sex for old people sometimes. Machi machi, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, and like and so I like like a couple of times my buddies they like been captioning calls and I instead of what people like your age, my age. Like, no, show me your Peter, or I'm imagining you're really, like, stuff like that. Like, no, I don't say like, that, Like, my straight up, like, 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 I'm not saying you would say that. That's what the people on the call oh, are saying. that's what they say? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, just imagine anything you would ever say except, like, 50 times more square. I, I want to honk your bazoombas. <laughs> Let Show me get me. them yeah. cranking my hog to those yabos. Over Show me there. your tally yeah. <laughs> I guess they don't say cranking my hog. That's more our age. But, you know, look at them yabos. Gazunga, right. gazunga, aruga. I'm sure they'd have to type auga a lot when an old man gets done. <laughs> they probably talk about kissing right. all over her gams. <laughs> It's probably like old. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, like they're they're just really old and they're just like I'm doing you missionary position. <laughs> no, I, I bet there's a lot of wisdom in there. I bet there's a lot of shit you could learn. Some old school tricks, or maybe just yeah. They they have more wisdom on the subject. Some so old, I would be interested in reading that as well. Some er, old erotica. Them as old they would tricks. Say. Them old tricks. Yeah. <laughs> the Spanish flying shit. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I, and just so y'all know, in case you're wondering, um, I, I asked my buddies if it's okay to share these stories. So, like, it's all guilt-free, I suppose. Um, right. But, so, before I called in, I asked for any good ones. And one of them was like, uh, the other day I had a woman going on a full political rant saying that deep lefties are disgusting and then that FBI in the United States, United Nations, excuse me, got together and had a conference on the fact that they are now outlining cultural appropriation. And she said it's stupid because Africa should be sued for cultural appropriation because they have stolen our Western values and they have stolen democracy and science from us. Oh, okay. They're mad about, they're really mad about cultural appropriation. Like, I think there's a tinge of guilt in them when they like eat a burrito because they think that's what we're yelling at them for. And then they get mad at us. You know what I mean? They're right. just like, they think that everything that people are like, they don't understand the underlying, like where it's like these white people are making money off of stuff that, you know, is like taco, like some kind of Mexican yeah, food. They're Gringo stealing, tacos. they're stealing recipes and shit like that and paying the people who actually make it or come up with it. Like nothing. Yeah. Or like, the, yeah, the treatment of uh, Mexican Americans is, you know, not as we don't we like the tacos more than we like them when it comes to most whites yeah yeah that's true yeah so i think they do i think they're like a lot of times when they like come straight out and start yelling about cultural appropriation i really think that comes from a place of guilt that they then put in their brains shake it around a little bit and turn it to hate yeah make it some sort of of a conspiracy against them George Soros or Agenda 21. Oh, boy. They love that George Soros. Right. That horse. So a horse won a horse race this week. And that Sheriff Clark, whatever his name is, is like they should have that horse 
on the White House lawn if these basketball teams and football teams don't want to come to the White House. And uh, somebody pointed out that the horse is owned by George Soros. <laughs> no, you don't get any athletes, not even the horse ones. No, you can't take a Soros horse. <laughs> so, uh, what? What's it? Is there more? Is there more stories? I like this. Um. Yeah, there was a there was another one. As I I thought like quick about like the cultural appropriation one. I was like. If that lady thinks that people in Africa stole signs from us, wait till she finds out where Arabic numbers came from. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They think we invented everything yeah, here. They you know, much assume right. that we did it all. Right. But yeah, uh, another buddy that also works there. He said one time he was doing a call for a cop from Cleveland. Oh boy! And um, apparently, um, the officer was like bragging about shooting black people uh, and he said he wanted to shoot more black people god damn and um the like like my friend didn't say what they said but like since they have to transcribe everything he just said that black people is a euphemism for what they were actually saying oh, oh yeah yeah okay, yeah i mean that that i i really think that there are a lot of cops that talk like that like when they're not on duty, and probably when they are on duty, really. No, I mean that's the thin blue line, right? Yeah, the that's thin the blue. line that they're walking. Once like, you, they won't do it in uniform, but they'll do it everywhere else. Once you cross that thin blue line, you turn racist. <laughs> <laughs> the thin blue line is the demarcation between racism and not racism. Right? How racist will you be? That is uh, something. I mean, that seems like a weird. Like, I, I almost feel like. If you want to get to know the Trump voters, the old folk, that might be the way to do it, to do a job like that. Right. And I'm like, I guess they're not like a small business, so like medium, large business, tyrant, whatever. But um, as, as far as how my buddies are treated, a while ago there was a memo sent around that nobody is going to get a raise unless they've been with the company for six years. And, like, I don't know if it's the company or the office, but the people they worked with, the building didn't exist even for six years at that point. Oh, that's amazing. So, like, the only people, yeah. So only the people but, that were there well, when it was, like, an idea? Like, what, just the owners then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was some weird stuff. And then um, uh, uh, the person, the, the friend who shared the, appropriation story a while back she had an immediate relative that got hurt and uh had to uh go to the hospital they they thought it might have been like a fatal thing you know thank god it wasn't but the management was like you really should have given us more notice and maybe like tried to get someone to cover for you when you went to the hospital yeah i just slipped my mind when i was on the brink of death yeah we've been seeing that a lot lately though there was the ups thing where the guy was like i think i might have cancer i gotta go in and talk to the doctor about whether or not i have cancer and the boss messaged back and said can you schedule that for the weekend like is that something you could do on us like a saturday or sunday it's like no i'm gonna go in as soon as they ask me to come in yeah i'll be there <laughs> 
Well, hey, thanks for calling in. That That is a weird job, and I would like to try it for one day, but not for very long. I would love to type weird, weird. I'm sure it's mostly boring, but I bet you when something good comes in, yes. it's good. One for right. the record thanks book. for having me. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks, Have Terry. a good night. Have a good night, Terry. Bye. Terry. We had a Terry on the phone. First Terry caller. The 70s and 80-year-olds now, I mean, those are the people that shot black people with fire hoses and sick dogs yeah, on them. Yeah, I mean, that is still the... Like, Terry. kind of the front lines of the mid-60s, like the civil rights struggle. So. Yeah, right. that's true. And when you talk to them, they're, they're terrible 99% of the time. Like, yeah, they're stubborn as hell, and... Um, I don't what I what, I remember one time saying to one of my family members like don't you just hate being mad at everything all the time it seems that everything is a trigger and that you we you know I we spent a lot of time together growing up and you were miserable and mi- ruined things that were, are pretty amazing that I've gone back and done with my own kid and are amazing what is up with that and they're just like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right, and those are the those are the coziest people in the history of the oh, human yeah. race. Like oh, white absolutely. white people that were born early to mid twentieth century. Yeah, nobody had it better, and they are just furious all the time, and they think yeah. that the world is going to end. Yeah, they feel they feel attacked by a- at every fucking angle. Yeah. I feel like they just don't care what happens once they're dead. Is the real problem that you too? Know? That too. It's just they don't. They're just like I'm going to be dead. I don't care what happens when i die it's fine you know all right let's see who's on the phone next who's on the line thanks for calling street fight who are we talking to howdy hey what's up who's this hey this is adam i'm california oh what's up how's it going pretty good you guys are coming out here uh yeah we're trying to i just wanted to give a shout out Okay? Yeah, yeah, you could you could be a little, you could speak a little bit loud or closer maybe. We do. We are getting to California. That's great. We are getting to California in 2018. It is happening. We are going to be there. There will be a street fight show, probably two of them in California. I would think. Yeah, there's been a logistical right, well, so big. S- switch up. There's been a logistical switch up with the kratom and CBD stuff. So. I've been busy, but uh, me and Brian have been talking about it. We have the plan out. I just have to go do the work of calling people on the phone and getting dates together. But I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be there maybe in the fall. I think you wait. Isn't that when it's brutally hot? Yeah. Well, I mean, it does get pretty fucking hot in the fall. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I've always I listen to a lot of LA podcasts, and the falls there sound awful. Well, we'll figure it out. It will be there by the end of the year. We that's well, I like the plan. super hot, though. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care what the weather is as long as I'm in California. No, it's just an excuse for Brian to embarrass his family by wearing real empty shorts like I do now. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. Got to. That's what this Cal- California is calling in to uh, celebrate thighs on guys. That guys out, thighs out. Guys, thighs. <laughs> Guys, thighs. Oh yeah, it's thigh night on Street Fight Radio. Tell us about your favorite thighs. I like, you know, I gals thighs too. Got to give it up for them too. The gams. Yeah, non-binary pals, great thighs as well. I like also the um, thighs as like a tattoo. Like everybody gets like a big ass tattoo on their thigh now, which I think is cool. 
I'm going to start wearing tiny shorts so I can do that. <clears throat> oh, that seems real uncomfortable sitting down around the, I don't know. I'm not a tattoo man. Yeah, I love it. I wish I could just constantly be covered. Not yet. <laughs> Someday I'll get there. And someday I'll work in the circus instead of doing this shit. Oh, well, that's a dream. <laughs> it is. I, I don't want it's to attainable too. Time. I just wanted to, I wanted to leave a shout out. My brother's working at his, a job he's gonna fucking quit soon at a dishwasher for a bowling alley right now. Wow. Uh, we talked to so the shout guy. out to him. At, we talked to the guy that was the dishwasher. We talked to the guy at the dishwasher at the last bowling alley we went to. I had a few conversations with him and. You know, he said it was okay, but, like, just people call off so much at the bowling alley. And I imagine yeah. that's probably what's going on. This Well, this one seems more like a weird small business tyrant, like a, a real bad family dynamic. Ah. Like a, Dysfunctional. Ever, yeah, like a divorce happening in front of all the employees. <laughs> I don't know. It seems bad. <laughs> yeah. At least you know the guy's weakness. He can't stay married. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like he's mostly good when he's on his painkillers. So that's uh, that's yeah, always that's the chill people out. Like that. That's the case usually. People who take a lot of painkillers are like usually pretty great when they're on the painkillers. <laughs> it's when they're not on them that they become a real bear. Yeah. <laughs> I was like that. Yeah, for that's what I'm looking for him. So, uh, I just wanted to, you guys were into bank robbers, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God, yes. So, my hometown doesn't have a lot going for it, but we did have a successful bank robber. Uh, he stole $500,000, I think. That's a great haul. From an armored truck. Ooh, ooh, that... By inner tube. What? Okay. Now we need to know the whole story. How did he get the. First of all, did he steal it at the bank from the armored truck? Like, or did he get him in route? Yeah. No, well, he does dropping it off. He like arranged a bunch of dudes wearing what he was gonna wear, and he maced the guy with the bag, and he just grabbed him and ran over to an inner tube he stashed. And then, if you want to look him up, I forget his name. He's called DB Tuber. Uh, I think he does like motivational speaking now. <laughs> yeah, I, I that motivates me. Yeah, I mean that sounds yeah, like I a, know, right? That's like a mantra for life. Just mace the guy, get the bag. That's like how you win at life. Anthony yeah, J. Curcio is an American former criminal turned author and speaker. That is great, man. In 2008, Curcio <laughs> was responsible for one of the most elaborately planned armored car heists in U.S. history. He was eventually arrested and sentenced to six years in federal prison. Upon his release from prison, he has devoted his life to working with youth in the field of drug abuse and crime prevention, speaking to students and athletes across the U.S. So he's the criminal Zig Ziglar. Yeah, yeah. I mean... A lot of those, that's a good, I mean. I like that. I mean, I would get inspired by that, but. Hometown hero. Yeah, I like that. Is he a hometown hero? Do people love Do him there? Like Do y'all brag about you him? Rob Banks uh, on that day? No, I mean, everybody likes, everybody wants to be the guy who stole all the money, but like, I don't know, he was like dating a high schooler. Mm. Oh, like no. Out of life. Oh, shit. Never mind. The drug. You know, overall, yeah. he's bad. That's why he's uh, talking about Jesus now, I think. Yeah, uh, that happened. Well, yeah. Which, that's a good grift. If you can steal money and then just talk about Jesus, like, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to make uh, money. I don't know, I'm sure. Let me read that. Can I, people are more devout. 
I want to read this real quick. This is real. For three months, Curcio observed a Brinks armored car make its deliveries to the Bank of America branch in Washington, and he took notes of the schedule and diagram locations of the bank's cameras and the armored car's blind spots. He also estimated how much money was being transferred to the bank and how much was removed via ATMs. That's a thing that a lot of bank robbers don't do. They usually end up with, like, no money. Yeah, they get $450. Yeah, when he considered police protocol in responding to robberies, the location of the bank and their containment of roads, he realized he needed a good getaway plan. That's when he decided to use the local river to escape. After weeks of hand dredging the river and a failed practice attempt using a jet ski. Oh, my God. Oh, I remember this guy. If this dude had used a jet ski, he would be the top hero of every person I grew up with. Like, jet ski automatically makes you rule. That's just a Kid Rock video. Yeah. Um, He changed his approach and created a cable pulley system to quickly pull himself in large bags of cash upstream in the river using a connected canvas wrapped inner tube. His planning culminated with an advertisement he placed on Craigslist a few days before the robbery. The online ad sought 15 to 20 workers for a fictitious city cleanup project, promising $28.50 an hour. The laborers were told to wear jeans and a blue shirt, work shoes, and a yellow safety vest. The ad also told the applicants that they needed to bring safety goggles and a painter's mask. The ad directed them to meet in the Bank of America parking lot at the exact time Curcio planned to rob the armored car. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> wow. That's how you Whoa. do it. That, folks, that's how you do it. There's the pl- there's the plan. <laughs> well, you got to do six years. But after that, you can be a motivational speaker. Do you Maybe. think you got to keep the money? Yeah, after that, you got money forever. No, you don't get to keep the money, do you? I mean, if you hit it. Well, you oh, I'm thinking the motivational speaker money. No, yeah, that's good money, too. I'll take that money any day. I'll take motivational speaker money. I mean, I don't care where the money comes from, whether it's robbing a bank or being a motivational speaker. I'll yeah. take either one. I'll rob people with hope. <laughs> this is great. This is incredible. Like, what a... Like, you know, you talk about how he's like this scuzzbag that like was dating a high school girl and was like a drug addict, but he was so smart. And this is one of those he was things... so free. Yeah, and... Well, He's really good at robbing banks. I know. It's one of those things where you're like, what a smart person. Like, couldn't society have channeled this in some way to, like, have him invent something? <laughs> I think that some of these guys yeah. are like, this is a, what a genius this person is. When you hear about scams where people get away with it or bank robberies, you're like, we society failed this person. Yeah, really, because we could have channeled that into almost anything he, else. He could have done a viral Pepsi marketing campaign. He could yeah. have done, could have set up a, a, a flash mob. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You're right, dude. He well, it's you don't want to promise much. people twenty eight fifty an hour for a business and be like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They're not going to pay that. Imagine yeah. the confusion of a, a bank robber to pay those kind of wages. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder how many people even showed up, man. It doesn't say how many people showed up to the parking lot, but those people are probably still mad at the guy. Like, man, oh, I was yeah. going to go get a job. No, that's a great story. Are you kidding me? I would every single barbecue I went to, I would tell that story. I was a deca- I was a decoy for the uh, DB tuber. Wait, the tuber? <laughs> the guy? The guy that went down the river in the tube, right? <laughs> Six years seems surprisingly low to me, and I like to think it's because everyone saw that story and was like, I mean, come on. Precocious little You got to give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think robbing a bank should be. I think, look, 
I know that we're never going to live in a world where robbing a bank only gets you like a short, like you just get a slap on the wrist. But I really do think it should be like a two year thing because it's if you don't kill anybody or one year, it's like if you don't kill anybody, you that I mean, look, dude, and we should we, we should, put all the money in a building. Like people are going to want to get the money, you know, <laughs> like that's where all the money is. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe we don't require them to actually show the gun to rob the bank. They just have to, like, pass the note. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of yeah, people yeah, don't even the show the gun. bar trick. They're like, I got, a, I got a gun in my pocket. That's with Nick Gage. Uh, like, he, I think he, he didn't even have a gun when he robbed the bank. He just went to the bank and was like, I got a gun. Give me, give me some stuff. And, and he they looks gave like a money. guy that would have a gun on him. <laughs> he so. He's scary. Nick Gage take, is not I a... I believe that. Yeah. I mean, he's the only wrestler I've ever seen where I was like, he might actually like beat somebody up here. <laughs> well, that's great. I that Thank you for calling. I mean, so... Oh, well, I guess I should do the next paragraph because on September 30th, 2008, Curcio dressed identically to his decoy applicants, pretended to work the grounds near the bank wearing a blue shirt, jeans, yellow safety vest, work boots, and a painter's mask. He pepper sprayed the Brinks armored car guard who was pushing a dolly loaded with money into the bank. The pepper spray forced the guard to reach for his eyes and release the cart that held the money. Curcio grabbed two bags of money containing more than $400,000 and ran toward the creek. Meanwhile, police arrived to find the bank's parking lot filled with men matching the robber's (laughs) description. Perfect. I don't. How, I wonder how they caught him. I think it only came to figure out. Oh, uh, a homeless man reported they, to police. Yeah, that police that several weeks before the robbery had seen a man drive up to the Bank of America parking lot and retrieve a disguise from behind a trash bin. See, look how great these homeless people are. They're an asset to society. They're the eyes, right? The no, eyes this on is things. The fucking thing. That happened, but my hometown, the police department lobbied for a bill that just criminalized sitting down on a sidewalk between, like, after midnight and before 7. So, uh, but... Time for know, another tube or to strike that, uh, again, then. Bringing vagrancy back to yeah. good times. Yeah, Great. I am DBTuber. Yeah, Love DB Tuber. Thanks for calling in. We love DB Tuber. Yeah. Now on the show, except for yeah, like, come course. on, have a great night. Come on, date, yeah. date people your own yeah, age. Grow up, date a get a mature partner. Yeah, come on, DB Tuber, get your shit together. All right, thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hi, it is Elizabeth from uh, the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, they, them, or she, her. Howdy. What's up, Elizabeth? How are you tonight? I am okay. Um, the phone died, you know, so I'm happy that I got on because uh, it hung up. So, oh good. So uh, yeah, um, I have a I have a not super fun story, but something I think you guys should be interested in. So I uh, work at a I guess I don't know if you would call it a restaurant, um, but you know for the sake of the amenity, let's call it. Little Sneezers. Ooh, um, okay. <laughs> Look, that's the woke company, apparently. A lot of people believe Little Caesars is a woke company. So before you tell this story, we need to let people know, just because they bought a house for Rosa Parks or whatever doesn't mean they're good. Wait, what, what that, company? That was, that oh, was no, Little no, no, Caesars. That's... Oh, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Said, oh, no, I, I work for Little Sneezers. Yeah, oh, that's, okay. That's um, what we're okay. talking about. <laughs> I think there's, yeah, some weird brand confusion. Um, yeah, so, um, I remember the, the day I, you know, had, like, training, you know, they sat us down for, like, four hours, you know, just 
blasted us with a bunch of weird videos and propaganda about the owning family and stuff like that. And then at the end, they had this, like, all the videos were, like, you know, five minutes long. This one was maybe, like, 15 to 20. And it was all just about unions and how terrible they were. And they say this line, we're not pro, or, or we're not um, against unions. We're just pro-employee. That sounds great. And like, I'm convinced now. Ooh, I don't know. It just like freaks me out. Yeah, that's that's um, I mean that seems pretty common practice at uh, most of those type of jobs. I, w- I wonder. I mean, was there even any sort of a worry of that in the workplace? You know, I am not sure. Um, I mean, I think for at least most places, and and maybe it's just you know my specific store that's kind of understaffed. But I think it would be not super duper hard. Um, sure. For like workers, you know, to organize, right? Because I mean, at you know any time, it's only a few people, you know, manning each store. Yeah, that's um, true. You're not dealing with like a large staff of people. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Huh. Um, okay. I just thought it was like, I don't know. It was just like this really, really creepy thing to me. Um, well, saying you're pro, yeah, and I, what is the difference? I, I feel like being pro union is being pro employee, yeah, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> I mean, it absolutely is. Um, it, 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 the video was essentially like unions are just evil uh like it was like they described what a corporation is it's like why do you want someone else stealing your hard-earned money (laughs) where you guys literally do that that's all you guys do um yeah i don't know i just thought that was kind of funny do they got free Um, food there can i ask if they got free food there elizabeth do you get free food are you Uh, stealing it you can't you can't take stuff home but you can eat uh, there? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Uh, especially I mean, if it's like, you know, like once it's been in the warmer for like 30 minutes, it's like expired. So, ooh. you know, especially if that happens. But sometimes like, you know, depending on the manager and depending on how slow it is, you know, they'll let you throw in something for yourself. Right. And let um, it expire. So after 30 minutes, it's no longer hot and ready. It's trash. They, yeah. Do they throw it in the trash? Yeah. Straight up. We throw out. So it's mm-hmm. like really upsetting how much yeah. you throw out. Yeah, is there a way to to like send that somewhere? Well, that's the thing we talked about when we wanted to open the office and hand out uh Ugh. hand out the fentanyl testing strips, right? Was like, well, what's the landlord going to say when we have people coming to get free fentanyl testing strips from from the office? And I I bet you it's the same thing like they, yeah. they, well, I mean, they're also greedy and selfish and they want homeless people or whatever to buy the pizza. But, uh, you know, but even, I, yeah, I mean, although you can't eat a little Caesar's pizza after it's 30 minutes old, though. It's gross. It, no, it's, you know, I think a lot, like, the pizza gets a pretty bad rap. Um, because there's, like, a very, very, very small period of time where it's pretty good pizza. It's spe- I mean, their special pizzas are all good. Like, that's the thing uh, people don't talk about is like you go in there and get a hot and ready and look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cape I'm not gonna be a guy that's behind these hot and readies. I'm not for it. Yeah. But when you go in there and you get their I don't know, like their Detroit style pizza, those are always good. They're fine and crazy bread, 
I don't know what it is exactly. Phenomenal. But it rules. Yeah, it just tastes so good. It is, okay, the, their crazy bread is literally the exact same dough as their regular pizza dough. Perfect. Cut into strips, and then it's just straight up garlic butter okay. and parmesan. I think they fuel the space shuttle with that stuff. Yeah. The, uh, the, the little, or the little Schleezer's uh, butter sauce. Well, the, the crazy bread is uh, the weirdest color. To me, it's like the weirdest color and consistency. It's always so puffy, and it's like a a, a yeah. white that you don't see in food. There. It's very white flour. Yeah, it's the white. Somehow it gets cooked, but it's still like fucking white. Sometimes, you know. Yeah, it's delicious though. Oh, I love raw dough. I don't care if it's raw. <laughs> That's just a little thing for me. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. Most businesses have an anti-union thing. I I do find it odd though. That a place like Little Caesars, where or Schmidl Schmeezers, would that probably what do ten people work where you work? Um, I mean, my location has like just like a bunch of weird turnover stuff right now, just because of like management and stuff like that. Um, so probably like yeah, ten to fifteen people at you know, like right now. But I think like the ideal thing is is a bit more than that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it would be that hard to organize that, but I also think that, you know, the way these businesses are run, they they will run you out of there if you try to organize one little Caesars. It just they'll they'll fire everybody, close the store for a few days. That they're that type of thing. That's like a Jimmy John's thing. You try to unionize a Jimmy John's and you get real close, they'll just close the store and hire fifteen new people. It's not going to be hard for him to find. I don't know, though. I, You know, we just talked to that Dunkin' Donuts person earlier, and, and we're talking to you, and it's like maybe it's not easy for these businesses to find enough people to work at them, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, they're really desperate for a lot of people. Um, you know, and, and it's just so apparent. Because, like, I've, I've really only been working there maybe two months at most. Um and within, like, the first two weeks, uh, the store manager came up to me. He's like, hey, are you 18? I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then he's, like, talking to me about becoming an assistant manager. And, you know, it's like, you don't know me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, so, so I think that, like, yeah. I mean, like, I think that they absolutely, you know, would be able to just, totally, you know, kind of like go nuclear and, you know, shut everyone out. Um, but I also don't know, like, if they'd be able to sort of build back after that. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like you have one foot out the door? Is it that sort of thing for you? Or like, because I know that, like, when you roll into, like, work at a Little Caesars or a Dunkin' Donuts or a Starbucks or something like that, there's certain people that go in with one foot out the door. And, like, that's kind of – I think sometimes that the managers get kind of attracted to that. They're like, oh, this person doesn't need us. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's definitely the case. Um, you know, especially because uh, I'm just kind of figuring out where I'm going to be living. Uh, you know, it, it's not like a urgent thing. I'm not being kicked out or anything like that. I just think it would be, you know, good for me to, to get out. Um, you know, but I don't know where. And so I don't want to, you know, be, find, like, looking for another job around here until I figure that out. But, you know, like, it, it, it's just kind of, like, yeah, if anything better happens, I'm, like, 
I'm yeah. gone. That's everybody in the store, though. So you got to imagine what it's like to be the manager. And it's like this person, you, like you come in there, you're there for two months. You probably haven't called off or anything like that. And they're like, oh, we got ourselves an assistant manager now. This is management material. Calm two, down. Calm <laughs> down now. Two months is a long time. You know, like for them, probably yeah. how many people have you seen come in and out of there since you've been working there? Wow, yeah, I mean that's a that's a fair point. Um, quite a few, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've worked at a lot I mean, of places like, like that. That's the thing. Like I've worked at a lot of places where like somebody gets a job and they they come in, they never call off for like three or four months, and they're like. Oh, oh, you're getting they're they're a manager and they're opening the store. They get the keys to the store. They're, they're like they're running everything. Well, I mean, it's so funny to me because I've been like written up like not a ton, but you know, like a few times. <laughs> like just I mean, pretty much for like the same things. It's like I have a piercing um, that like I can't take out, um, and then also I'll be listening to you know podcasts. Yeah, I, I'll just have one earbud in, you know, and only if I'm, like, in the back making dough or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm ridden up by the same dude who keeps, you know, asking me if I want to become a manager. That's, that's, that's fun. I, that's really, like, I had a piercing, too, that I wouldn't take out, so they just kind of would warn me all the time, and I'm like, well, I'm not taking it out. I had eyebrow piercings. I had one in, I had two in this, in one of my eyebrows, and then one in each ear, and it was always just a thing. I'm like, I'll wear a barbell. Is is that fine? Like I'll wear. Yes, I have my. We prefer a ring. Yeah, ring or a barbell. I'll wear something, but I ain't changing the thing. You know, my well, buddy had a band aid over it. No, I'm not gonna. I didn't do that either. That you gotta let that piercing breathe, man. That's true. You gotta let that thing get some. I should get a piercing again. Oh, that's a good idea. Should I get a piercing again? Yeah, yes. dude. It's Absolutely. Is it's that good. cool for a forty-year-old man to do? It totally is. You could, <laughs> we could put it on Instagram Live. <laughs> okay, so on my fortieth birthday, yes, on my fortieth birthday on January eighteenth, twenty nineteen, I will get my eyebrow pierced again <laughs> on <laughs> Twitch. God damn! I'm <laughs> cutting that out. Okay, I can't wait to watch. How to make it like a Patreon like reward? No, no, I'm not. I, I mean, I liked having my eyebrow pierced. I thought it looked cool. Yeah. I think it's gonna look different on yeah. me now, but I'm going. I would it. imagine so. <laughs> yeah. I was 18 and I had dyed blonde hair and I was thin and I was kind of <laughs> handsome at the time. Ratty. Uh-huh. I was ratty looking, yeah. but I was a good looking kid, you know. So, but now it's gonna be more like. You're gonna, it, but it adds like I don't know a little bit of extra feet. You know, it's like flair, flair. It's flair. Everybody looks at Brett all the time. Like, look at this dude with the nice beard and the nice hair and all the tattoos. And then they're like, look at Brian. He's unadorned, completely, yeah, completely unadorned. Doesn't wear a wedding yeah, ring or hair. <laughs> yeah, my only adornment is a stupid Clippers hat. <laughs> you should just like walk up to people and be like, hey. I have a piercing, but you can't see it. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I can't talk about my penis ever. Never. I don't want people to know I have that thing. Well, thanks for calling, Elizabeth. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing the show. Have a good night. Thank I'm you, getting too. My ear, I'm getting my eyebrow pierced. I will really? get it done. I will do it. If you yeah, hold you have to me worry to about it. getting scraps and the scraps in the lunchroom either and getting it punched out or anything like that either. Yeah, you have to hold me to it. Obviously, I'll forget the, about the it. The kind of pointy pyramid style one? 
Like the devil's horn one? I think at first you have to get a uh, a ring. Captive Because to ring. clean it out, you put... Because uh, to clean it out, you put the stuff on it and then turn the ring to get the alcohol inside there. But then usually... I wore barbells. I had two, and I wore one big barbell and one smaller barbell next my, to it. My wife has a scar from where her eyebrow was pierced. You can like, see mine. You both can of mine. see where it was. I haven't seen yours, but I don't pet the side of your face the way yeah. that I do her because then she gets all pissed when I start messing around with it. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> like, you had your eyebrow pierced. I think that's how I got married. You used to be cool as hell. You had I, long flowing hair and a pierced eyebrow. I think that's how I got married was that pierced eyebrow. That I haven't seen sexy. one in forever. I know people don't do it anymore. People always got to put it somewhere that hurts worse. Dude, you get them ripped on fucking seat belts enough times, you know? Well, mine was a couch. Like, I would, uh, I was doing... Falling asleep. Yeah. I was Ooh. I was doing a lot of uh, making Couch love or... at the time because I was okay. you know just getting with my wife. Because you had an and, eyebrow piercing. And, right. Well, of course, yeah, I was doing a lot of making love, and I kept getting it caught on it's pillows and stuff like that. Aphrodisiac. Yeah, yeah. Bury you burying your face in the pillow. Well, no, I just it gets <laughs> caught and on stuff, dude. Making okay. love. Sure, gets caught on a nipple or something. Not on a nipple, on like the side of the couch or the bed or wherever you're, wherever you're bedding your your fine partner. Yes, wherever you're bedding your fine partner, <laughs> as we all say, as the old people say. In I bedded her. I'm going to bed you, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. Show me those games. Oh, tonight my, my robbing member. Is ready to be received. <laughs> my Peter, my when, Peter. When, yeah. when he said Peter, it broke me because yeah. I used to look at his Peter. Look at that little Peter look at over that there. Peter. Look at that little Peter over there. All right, let's see. We got two more to go. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, what's up, it's Andrew? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, what's up? We can hear you. How's it going? I'm um, glad you asked my call. I'm way past my bedtime, so. Uh, Fuck it out today. So. Breaking the law. Good for you guys. Um, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys. Uh, you guys were talking about some like family dynamic stuff earlier in the uh, episode, and uh, I, just, I wanted to talk to you about. I don't know. It's not really the usual call, but like, if you guys have any advice, I'm getting married in two months, and uh, there's some weird like I don't know. Everyone in my fam- like in my family just hate each other and like my parents haven't been in the same room together for like 20 years and okay i'm just like i don't know my what my fiance is like family is you know really nice and healthy stuff. and care I'm caring like, and have empathy and shit yeah i'm just like oh kind of, are I'm you worried like, you know look That's... forward to it but i'm just dreading it are you worried about you being embarrassed by your family or like because i can get that or you yeah i mean that's that's one thing but like also like uh it's just like um it's not embarrassment as much as like uh i don't want to i don't there's like like i don't i don't have like a relationship with my mom but like you know i i had to have to invite her and you know just like dealing with that you know it's it's stuff that i don't want to like it's stuff that I've like moved past in my life, and you know, and I still have to kind of bring them, bring them on, and just deal with it for a few days. And it's just like I don't know, it's just creeping up and like really freaks me out. 
Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe this isn't maybe this isn't the, the call for you, but I, I don't know. I just figured I'd have. <laughs> no, we uh, both have crazy families. Like similar I'm, stuff. I mean, we both have yeah. crazy families, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, people are insanely polite. As long as your family isn't, like, doesn't get physical with people or start anything, even, like, the worst of my family members, they do get on their best behavior when it's mixed company. So there is something yeah. that kicks in with human beings where they just kind of play, you know, try to not cause confrontations, you know. Yeah, I feel like, I I, yeah. I mean, is it is your parents haven't been in the same room in a long time, but I, I think, uh, I thought in my experience that like when you're in a room with people for the first time in a long time, they're usually nice or they catch up. It might not be like the worst. I don't, I don't know if it might not be the worst thing in the world. I mean, I, I, I recent, I went to a funeral a few years ago with a lot of people that just, I haven't talked to in a very long time. And we were all, it was all, we were all good. It was all fine. And we all talked. And a wedding is, I mean, the other close thing to a funeral. Nobody wants to ruin your wedding, I don't yeah. think. Yeah, and the thing about it too, man, is like you're the, you got to remember that people that are empathetic and like emotionally healthy and that, that kind of stuff, they also usually have the wherewithal to bite their tongue or just to you know, keep things moving and then they go home and in their bedrooms, they make fun of your fucking family behind your back. But, uh, you know, they're not going to, I, I doubt, I don't know. And unless it's really an extreme situation, it's probably not going to be as awkward you expect. And, uh, but I don't, just don't know how extreme it is. I mean, my, I have a, like, my parents are like shut in crazy conservative types too. So they are, a, sometimes can be hard to handle to put them out there in like the regular world with other people I know, because, you know, they say shit that, you know, would just knock a lot of people's socks off sometimes, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's not like, sorry, go ahead. I was actually, I was thought you were going to ask a different question. I was, or let me ask you this. Do you have a hard time with her family being around them? Because it's like, you don't know what that type of situation is like. No, not at all. I, I like her family more than mine. So. That's awesome. I'm I'm uh, in that boat. Like, yeah, happily married old people, like parents that are that. Something about it creeps me out. Like, I can't be around it. My uh, well, because my, yeah. <laughs> I because I, I was like I was so used to being mean and like just not having a regular family relationship. So one of my early relationships, I was with a girl for like five years, and. uh it was she was really into her family and they were just so tight knit and they would just tell these stories about Christmases and they had all this history and I just felt like I was not in the group and I just didn't really you know, I was dating her type yeah. thing. I'm not I guess now I'm like trying I'm adding more I'm I'm being a downer. I, I mean I uh, No, no, I mean that that's that's exactly what I um the situation I mean I mean they've ingratiated me and stuff and it's just like, you know, rehashing uh or just I'm overthinking it, but uh, kind of—it's also just stuff I've been avoiding for the better part of a decade. So no, it happens. Uh, I mean, on me too, so, yeah. yeah, rip the bandaid off. I mean, my family—I—I I disowned my family for like a fucking decade, and then I had a baby, and then you know, so I needed you know, so then they got to be grandparents type thing, and um, 
I mean, it's a lifelong journey with them. And I mean, weddings are an awful experience, no matter how much planning you do <laughs> or all of it is go <laughs> it's just going to be very stressful. Um, but it's not going to be, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to ruin your life. Yeah. yeah I think you're, I think, right, I mean, well. it seems like it, it's see I I mean I love talking about this stuff but I also think that like I think I think everybody's gonna be good at at the at, at your wedding and hopefully like hopefully you don't just don't like because I think my advice for you is like try not to get worked up and just because I know that like when I'm around people who are who are kind of explosive who who something could happen I always just worry something's gonna happen and usually they'll let a million things slide and I just that's how I am I'm just just let everything slide and then we'll get the hell out of here and it's over and then we don't have to deal with it I mean both Brett and I have gone many years or have gone years in our lives without seeing our parents and avoiding our families and I, I barely even talk to mine now and uh it's just it's a, I think I, I think it's less maybe uh, abnormal than you think. And, and you know, you just got to hope that they'll be that, that they'll be good, that they'll be nice, because I, I know I know it's nothing's ever happened with me. I've never I've never, you know, decided to go back to my family and be like, hey, guys, we're buddies again and then got in a fight. It's usually OK. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, there's there's one more kind of dynamic to it where like. Uh, my my fiance's parents are paying for pretty much the whole wedding, and my family's all totally broke. So I just feel like an extra layer of just uh, kind of guilt there, yeah. you know? Like, Dude, people with money don't give a fuck. You know, stuff like that. People with money don't give a fuck. Yeah. People, like, these people got money. They got empathy. They know that people are broke and that people are have dysfunctional families. You know, they they are still around in the world. They've been around fucked up people before. You can't avoid them, uh, so I, I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't feel guilty about that. Yeah, I mean, I know that it's hard. It, it, the thing is, it's hard. It's easy for me and you to say don't feel guilty about it, but there's been, I mean, I've been in situations where somebody took care of me, and uh, that I I never felt like. You as know, long I, as they're not, t I mean, if they're really making you feel guilty, if they really are like looking down on you, but if no, no, they're not. Yeah, not so all. then yeah. it's just your yeah, it's just catastrophic thinking. Then, yeah, it sounds. Yeah. Like, I, I think. Yeah. I mean, I you know, we've only talked to you on the phone for a few minutes, but even the fact that you worry about this and care about this means that you're you're probably doing the right thing. I mean, it, I understand being nervous about it and everything, but I just try to enjoy your time. Cause that's, that's the thing. Like you're getting married and uh, it's probably going to rule and you're going to get to go to a big party and do all this stuff. And if you're, if your family goes crazy, they go crazy, realize that it's your day and you're probably not going to have to break the thing up. Somebody will take care of it for you and just go for it. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's honestly, I'm, uh, just talking through it kind of makes me feel a lot better so uh, I appreciate uh, you guys taking my call hey, I don't man. want to take up too much of your time no problem have a good night congratulations have a good wedding too yeah, yeah congratulations alright thanks have a good one you know you had a good point there though is that like usually like I don't want to promote anxiety but like it does help you get stuff done and if you are thinking about it probably going to be fine most of the people that end up with a wedding that ends up into a jerry springer episode 
gave zero thought beforehand on who was yeah. being invited to the fucking thing. I know. And they didn't care, and they, they didn't can't give believe fucking it happened. Shit. Yeah, they, never, they didn't give a shit about anybody else. You know, yeah. I don't know what the caller situation was, but sometimes, you know, I think we've all been to a wedding that had an open bar that should not have had an open right. bar. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. You're right. Um, I mean, that brings out a lot of wild shit. One of the times that, yeah, I stopped talking to my parents was after drinking with them. And it was just gets too heated and too, people's mouth gets so wild so quickly. Uh, and uh, so that is another issue. You're right. Yeah. You just got to know who's gonna, what it's going to be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, again, like, if it's your mom and dad, you know, the hope is that they can get along with each other. for Because my parents are divorced, and they, they do fine. They get along. They couldn't be two more different people, for real. Like, oh, yeah. anybody that's ever been, like, Brett has been, Brett and I spend the holidays together. He sees my dad and mom, and it's like, how are like, yeah, how that know. ever I want to read that. I want <laughs> I want to know that story. I want to know that love story. Yeah, <laughs> you want to read that book? Yeah, <laughs> it's sure. impossible to figure out. But they don't fight. No, and, yeah. And again, they don't fight, and they're so different, man. They're just not the same person. They probably don't like each other. Like, you know, I can't imagine anybody liking either one of them. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> We didn't mean to rag on you too bad, but you raised us this way. Yeah, you made us mean, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to hang out with Brett's dad because his dad sounds more like a dad I need. And sometimes I think my dad seems like more like a dad Brett needed. Yeah, we should trade. Well, I want to. Your dad's watching wrestling now. All right, let's get our last caller in here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Skelly? You there? Anybody there? Mr. Bones. Oh, no. We're getting off early tonight. I hear Hello? Something. Are you letting us off early? Is this like a little nice thing? Is this the get off early ferry? Is there a microwave running in the background? Someone's easy Mac. Someone's going to grab that. One time I called in and I was waiting about an hour and I went downstairs to make some toaster strudel. And of course, I heard that beep beep as soon as they popped up. So, you know, maybe people that can actually cook or preparing something complicated you can can drive here and beat us up if you if you don't get on so all right well i guess we're going home man that's the show thank you for listening to street fight radio my name is brett Payne. he's brian quinby we had josh in the studio with us you can follow him on twitter at username joshua i'm at brett Payne. b-r-e-t-t-p-a-i-n brian's at murder brian you can find us on facebook uh and snapchat and instagram and if you're interested in supporting the show, we make a zine every single month. You can get access to that and bonus audio shows. For only $3 a month, you get a digital copy. And then for $8 a month, we will mail the zine to your house. This month's zine is the Copyright Criminals coloring book. It already has some amazing drawings in it. I can't wait to send it out. Um, we are also now offering, instead of doing CBD and Kratom through Patreon, we're just offering that directly in the store. So if you donate $8 to Patre- on Patreon, we give you a $5 credit in the store. We're offering Kratom in white, red, yellow, and green strains all the way up to a kilo uh, in 250 grams. We got a sampler pack on there, a whole bunch of new stuff. We also have CBD gummies and... CBD vape juice, isolate, terpslit, 
other amazing products that we're working on. So store.streetfightradio.com. That's our little family business that we run so that Brian and I can keep a roof over our head and keep recording these shows. Uh, we're moving upward and onward with our live streaming as well. For $5 a month on our Patreon, you get to watch that basement show that we live stream. Um, we're also working on Twitch is coming soon, so that's going to be our live video content. Stick around for Street Fight Radio. Uh, check us out on all of your podcasting platforms. Peace. Good night, everyone. Searching for a reason I'm in the chaos dimension Reasons eclipsed by tension Someone tell me the reason I'm in the chaos dimension Trapped in a brutal adventure If it stops, I'm If it stops, I'm If it stops, I'm having a bad dream If it stops, I'm, if it stops, I'm having an unshakable nightmare. If it stops, I'm, if it stops, I'm counting on you. This next one's called Freebird 2.